Today's episode is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is an organic superfood supplement line that makes quality, trusted nutrition convenient and accessible. Their most popular product, Green Juice, solves the problem of juicing greens on the go. Just add water, drink, and let your body soak up the benefits. Visit Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, to learn more about an exciting offer for you, our podcast listeners. Today's show is also brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ is an insurance agency that does things just a bit differently. They help health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, vegans, and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash success or mention the promo code success when you talk to a Health IQ agent. And now let's jump into today's show. I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am, and I get what I get because I live in B-Smoke. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ. Joined, as always, by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Wesley Phillips. Hey, longest day ever. Still the best day of our life. Long day. And Dougie Douglas Thomas, Dougie Fresh in the building. What's going on? Give it up for E.T., y'all. I'm in the building. My sidekick has decided to join me. I got two other special guests up here before I get to the, the guest of honor. Um, Mr. Josh Hatch is in the building. Give it up for Josh. And, and, and the new uh, superstar of the group, he's like the rookie who came into the league, one rookie MVP, whole nine. Y'all give it up for Jamal King. In some kind of way, to the 100,000 people who are listening and not here to witness what just happened, we have been hijacked on the podcast <laughs> by Miss Dilsey and my wife. Yep, give it up. <laughs> and my wife, Candace Quinney. Give it up for them, y'all. Um, do y'all want to explain y'all presence? Or do you, uh, go ahead, Dilsey. I just want to start out with File Affair. Uh oh. Okay. First of all, it's fair or foul? Is it foul that we weren't invited on the podcast hmm. when we have like the number one hit of podcasts? Hmm. Um, I don't. I think it's very foul that you were invited. But as you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just. She's running it, so no. he knows what's best. So he had to have had a reason why he thought you should oh, be on the podcast. No doubt. No, no, no. I, I plan on having y'all back at some point. I think we said one a year. So uh, enjoy it. This is your moment. Um, but let me get my own fair file going. So the first night, everybody knows from listening to the podcast, I was a little nervous about getting on the boat just because of the motion sickness. I get motion sickness riding in the back of the car, right? So who the first night was struggling a little bit, right? This... This ship was rocking, right? So it was crazy. It was like the middle of the night, and I was just like, all right, God, just let me fall asleep. Like, I don't care about nothing. I'm not even going to look outside, nothing. I knew right where my life jacket was, and I'm like, bet, all right? I knew where the muster station was, all of that. So I'm asleep in the bed, and, and like the waves is coming, and I'm just crashing side to side, whole nine. All of a sudden, it's probably about 3, 4 o'clock. 
I hear water running in the room, like the waves in the room. And I was just like, oh, this is the end. Like it's over. And because I can vividly hear water, like waves crashing into the room. And I was just like, man, I'm just going to fall asleep till they tell us to go to our muster room. Like, you know, I was just like, let me get, because I didn't want to wake up and be nervous. Well, finally, after like an hour, I was so scared because I could hear this water rushing in my room. I looked at her and was like, is the water getting through the window? She was like, no, I turned the music on the TV, the soundscapes, it's the ocean waves playing on the... <laughs> so fair file, my wife has the serenity ocean waves in the room. With a motion sick husband. With a motion sick husband. I'm like, this is unbelievable. No, okay, I, I, we're on the 12th floor, and there's like a boom noise that happens oh. in the middle of the night. It's like boom. So we're like first time on the cruise, never been on a cruise before. You're swaying over, and we hear this boom. I'm like, I need to put on some music to clear out the, the boom. boom. And to yeah. my defense, Keep when you... <laughs> right. But no, but when you first cut it on, who's cut on that sleep time music? When you first cut it on, is it? it's music, right? It's not oceans, but it transitions to oceans once you go to sleep. And it's really like five minutes. And I didn't know, and I was like, yeah, this is weird, but it's, 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 it's drowning out the boom. Yeah, so that's why not. I did it. So it was fair. Yeah. So it was fair. Mm. Yeah. The fact that I was about to die had nothing to do with <laughs> you drowning out the boom noise, huh? I would have rather took the boom. Um, but no, man, thank you guys for being on the podcast. This is going to be a lot of fun. Of course, we're going to get into our Q&A. We have a live studio audience. Give it up for yourselves. <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast... Make sure you don't miss it next year. We got an exciting announcement coming about that. But um, yeah, the other day in the session, and I kind of wanted to take this topic for today, uh, somebody was like, man, I'm just grinding because I want to be successful. And so I'm telling my spouse I need to be grinding. Where's the young lady? Is she in here who said that? She was on her spouse, right? There she is, yep. And uh, I'm using you as our, our guinea pig today. But you talked about it and you said, hey, me and my spouse, we kind of have these tips because I'm grinding and I want to be successful and I'm not sure what he's doing. And the crazy thing is I asked you, well, what is success? And you were kind of like, I don't know. And so I think it's a term that we throw out there so much. Like, I want to be successful, right? But nobody ever really takes the time to stop and think, like, is success a dollar amount? Is it happiness in your marriage? Is it being a good father, a good husband? And where do those things rank? And so I'm going to start off with E just because, um, you know, it's crazy, guys. You go to Google and you type in best speaker in the world and ET comes up. And I'm still, it still like blows my mind. And I don't ever do it, but I actually did it a couple weeks ago for some odd reason. I don't even know why. And it was like E and Tony Robbins or whatever. And I'm like, you know, for us, I'm like, how do you continue that path, E, and, and keep that chip on your shoulder and remain hungry when you know you're number one? And then what does success look like for you now? Because success at one point in time might have been getting the family into that house from out of the apartment you talked about the other day, right? And then you get the house, and then, cool, success might be, you know, paying cash for your kids to go to school. And I'm just wondering for you, and I'll come to the rest of the panel, what is success now? How do you define it? Do you define it daily, monthly, yearly? Is it something that you assess, you know, every hour? Like, how do you define that for yourself? Yeah, I, I just think for me, see, um, it's a lot easier to become number one in the world as a speaker it's not as easy to, for your wife to say daily that you're the number one husband in the world. You know what I'm saying? That's different. You know, so I, I think because when you're speaking, it's just something that you do, you know, whenever. I might do it once a week. I might do it every other week. You know, I don't know, two, three times a week. You know, but I'm in my home every day, you know. And so trying to become the number one husband, 
you know, that requires a little bit more energy. Um, you know, with my children, because they have their own concept of what a good father is. I have my concept of what a good father is. So trying to be the number one parent in the world, you know, that's that's a little that's different. It's like a moving target, you know. So so for me, um, and I'm grateful that we're considered one of the best. But even with that, like, what does that mean? Is that the number one influencer? Does that mean I'm ranked number one in terms of finances? Does that mean, you know, so it, it's a moving target, see? So I don't get caught up, you know, in, oh, you're number one over here. Am I number one at the things that matter most? You know, at, when my kids say, you're present, you're number one in terms of being available. So, so for me, I think the money, you know, and all those other things are not the bedrock. Those are things that are supposed to, you know, highlight or support the other stuff. And so being a good father, being a good pastor, you know, being a good husband, um, and, and even for myself, trying to grow as an individual, those are the things that mean the most to me. But if my wife is satisfied, if my kids are satisfied, you know, everybody keeps saying, you do it for your spouse, see? So when Didi says, okay, well, we're financially where we need to be, how many more gigs are you going to do? Because you keep saying you're doing it for, the, for us, Okay, you took care of us now. When is it going to be us? You know, when are we going to have time together? So for me, see, I, I just think, you know, family is first. And yeah, I got you. Let me ask there. you a question. Is it, po is it possible to be successful and broke? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because the one thing for me is we have in our mind, we have a dollar figure and we've reached that. And, and some people would be like, well, E, you're not worth $10 million. Well, that's not my goal. You know, my goal is not to be worth, you know, and I've, I, I have a staff member, and it's not a bad thing, but I had a staff member that was like, yo, we're going to be on the cover of whatever. And it's like, oh, I don't have a desire to be on the cover of that. But I will help you to do that because you think it's important. C knows we've had a couple TV opportunities. I didn't have a desire to be on TV. Like, this is big to me. This is what I want to do. You know, and, you, and to me, I can't do this if I'm on TV. Because if I'm on TV, then that means we might have a million people that show up on the boat, not because they really want to be with us and be a part of family. They just caught on a celebrity, you know? So I think you can not make a lot of money, see, and still be in a 2,000 square foot home. And here's the goal. You're not in the house, you're in the home. So some people think the goal is buying a house. No, the real goal is can you turn that house into a home? Yeah, no, and I understand that. But the reason I ask the question is because I think as, especially in the country we live in, yeah. so much of who we are and what we do is tied to how much we make. Yeah. Like, be for real. We talked about it the other day. Who said comparison is the thief uh, of joy? But we do tie so much to how much you make. And so financially, I'm just wondering, and you guys can answer this too, how much of success is caught up in the finances, right? So he always, you know, he's kind of a, you know, an outlier in terms of not really caring like that. But I know for me and my own family, like money is something we talk about on the reg. It's not a God in our home, but it is something that we're very conscious of, making sure we're making the right moves and things like that. And I know there's a lot of people listening who they feel like a failure because they're not making that kind of money right. yet. So how do you see success when in America, it seems like the only thing that defines success, right, is money. Because I can tell what kind of car you're driving. I can tell where you live. Like somebody tell you, oh, here's my address. You can Google somebody's address and see how much they pay for their house. Mm -hmm. Like, and so you know people are on that. And so I know there's people out there who aren't where they want to be financially. But is it possible, possible to be happy? Is it possible to live your best life and, and still have the joys that all these things ha offer without being 
you know, super successful financially, any, any of the three of you? So I, I remember, literally, this was a kid growing up, and I grew up Christian, so as a kid, probably, I want to say maybe 10, 12, somewhere in that age range, and I remember going to, like, a nursing home. Like, it was, like, we did, like, you know, on different evenings, like, we'd go to different, you know, a nursing home, a children's home, that kind of stuff. And I remember the feeling that I would have leaving those places. Like you walk in hungry or this or that, and you walk out of there after seeing other people and seeing, seeing what they got as a result of your presence in that space. And that was one of the things to me that stood out as like, I want to be able to do this for people. Yeah. Like for real, for real, like I, somebody can debate me, but I've never had a better feeling than walking out knowing that I just helped somebody's life. Like, I've never had a better feeling. Like, you could give me a check for whatever amount. That will be great. I'll take them if y'all are giving them. <laughs> but I'm just saying, that feeling, like, deep in your soul, you knowing that, like, I just left that room and that person's life is, even if it's better for that next hour, like, the impact that that thing has. Somebody walks up to me here on the cruise. I'm looking to see if I see him. My man in the back there. I don't even remember what we talked about. I'll be real with you. He walked up to me, like, was it yesterday? And just gave me like a bottle, like, yo, thanks for what you said. I, I have no idea what I said, but he bought like one of the, the cruise bottles, like a water bottle. Like, man, I appreciate what you said to me. I, was I like, thought it was a bottle of liquor. I was like, call on Drake. Where I come from, somebody buy you a bottle. <laughs> it's a different it's kind a of bottle. Water bottle. It's Let's not a water clear. bottle. But like we all, we know money makes it easier. It gives you access to certain things. But that, that for me is not the end of the day. Now, and I'll, I'll say this, after meeting Jamal, and Jamal talking about generational wealth. He said in a session yesterday that he's taking care of his grandkids' debt, well, finances now. Like that, yeah, that, that means something to me. Without having any grandkids right now. Without and, having and, grandkids. Yeah, and yeah. Jamal, you could speak to it too because one of the parts of your story was going and seeing your boys who were in the NFL making $200,000 a week right. and how much that affected you because you didn't have, but you didn't say, oh, yeah, they're making $200,000 a week, but me and Camille, real close, so I'm going to just rest all my happiness there. You felt the need to go down, chase down being a multimillionaire as well. Do you think you could have been as happy as you are now if you just remained on that police officer salary? I mean, first off, it's not really about the money per se, because there's a lot of said people that's rich. Mm -hmm. There's a lot mm -hmm. of people committing suicide out here that's rich. That's rich. Yeah. So whenever I talk about money, a lot of y'all got to understand, I'm always talking about generational wealth. That's what I believe in. So for me, it was just like, you know, I talked about it on a podcast, how my boy, he was getting with different females and buying them Louis Vuittons, taking them out to steak dinners. <laughs> and here it is, I'm with my girlfriend, or my wife rather, who was my girlfriend since high school, and I couldn't do for her. So it was that psychological feeling that I had as a man, where I was just like, man, this dude don't even love these chicks. But here it is, this is somebody I love, somebody I've been rocking with since day one, and I can't do for her. So it never was about the money, because my wife is not even on that. She's not a flashy type person, even though she got a Louis Vuitton. <laughs> <laughs> Words, spirit of the brand. The spirit of the brand. Spirit of the brand. And you know, but it's just I just want to do for her. I want to do for my kids. And unfortunately, in order to do for them, you gotta have money. So it's just about. And then I said, okay, if I could do for my wife, if I could do for my kids, why can't I do for my, for their kids? Hmm. Yeah. No, understood. I want to go to my wife because my wife. You guys, you guys know some of you. I guess here in the podcast, know my wife grew up in extreme poverty. And so money was always a concern for you, I think, coming up. And you knew, hey, I got to do anything I got to do because I saw what the other side of the coin is like. So what is happiness and success as it relates to money for you? Wow, 
I, I didn't plan to go that deep with it, but since you took us there, I guess I'll I'll continue. So <laughs> for me, um, growing up, it was very um, I didn't have anything. My mom, it was seven kids, drug addict mom. She got she got into recovery, so she was doing better, but we were still in poverty. So it was just her single parent, um, and we struggled for everything. And I was like, all I said was, I am not going to struggle. My kids are not going to struggle. I don't care what I have to do. This is not going to be our reality. And so everything I did, I positioned myself for that. Like, oh, you did this. You went to college. You did. You know, you got this scholarship. That I was just following the footsteps of the glimpse of people that I saw along the way so I did that and to be honest with you I we got to a point and I woke up we we were married I was 27 so only like three years ago I had a great job great team beautiful home nice cars everything and I was not happy I wasn't I was like and we had this conversation all the time and I was like, I have all this stuff, and I've been working so hard, but this isn't happiness to me. Happiness to me was doing what it is that God has put you on the earth to do. And I wasn't doing that. And so so even though we talked about, you know, great kids, great, great family, and I'm sorry because yeah, I'm still no emotional question. about it. Yeah, no question. <laughs> yeah. But that to me, that's what happiness is. Whatever it is that God has put in your heart for you to do, whatever it is your purpose is, if you're doing that to your full ability, God is going to take care of the rest. So, And I know and I trust, like, right now, God has, has, has me in a certain season. Like, when TJ was preaching earlier, he was talking to me because I'm like, I'm in my spot. I don't understand this spot, but this is my spot, and I'm going to hold it down. So I'm happy, and I'm crying right now, but I have so much peace and so much joy and so much faith because I'm in my spot, and I'm owning it. So that's, to me, happiness. Yeah, see, I think, too, you know, just, just, just hearing Candace real quick, I may not be about, like, to me, it, you know, when you got a coin, it's heads and tails. Mm -hmm. So I might not be about chasing money, but on the flip side, I am about being the best version of me I could be. And that's going to make me money. Because yeah. there's a lot of speakers. But they're not like, you say, see, triple-double. They're not on a spiritual, health, you know, gift. And people who know me, like, I wake up at 3C, I'm chasing the number one dude down. You feel me? So y'all just got to understand, it's different ways to chase money. You could just go after money, mm -hmm. or you could go after being the best you. And if you become the best you, you're going to make money. Yeah, that's cool, E, but I'm saying, like, what about the now? Right? Because you could say, oh, you can chase down your dreams and, you know, don't worry about the money. Somebody's bills got to be paid tomorrow. Somebody getting a call from the IRS today. Somebody, I, I feel somebody like that getting person don't see. On now. I they don't have the same kind of time as yeah, what I'm saying. And but so I'm saying that they there, see, because they didn't become their best. You know what I'm saying? They, they, you broke because you are not, whatever you're doing, you're not a, you're not like at, you average at what you're doing because if you were good, you talk about now. Nah, you look at Candace like when we was in college, bruh, She was like focused and about that life, so she didn't just start doing this. So for the person who's 25 and broke, you probably was playing a lot. You probably weren't doing what you're supposed to be doing, and now you wake up today like I'm broke. You've been broke, so your brokenness is just showing you broke. Because you weren't handling your business. So I'm saying if you chase money, you're probably still going to be broke, see? But if you chase your purpose and say, let me do what I'm supposed to do and be the best at what I'm supposed to be, I feel like you will start to attract money and things of that nature. Okay, and I agree with that, but I'm asking you to give advice to the person who 
they didn't get that message that you just gave. Right. And now they're in a bad situation. And they're in a situation where they're borrowing money or maybe their kids' tuition is due and they can't pay it. It's hard to feel happiness in times like that. Go for it, Josh. I was just going to say, so it's not as you go along and you start to have options, that's what's important. Right. So I think when you, when you talk about success, there's not a dollar figure because it, you said earlier, it's a moving target. Yeah. And that will always change and that will always adjust because as you get older, as my kids get older, as my life moves farther along, as we do different business things, my values have changed in certain areas as well. So I now value time with my family way more than I ever have the last couple of years, way more. I, I told this to someone the other day, I'd rather someone reach into my bank account and steal $5,000 of my money than waste five hours of my time. Yeah. I'll be less, less upset, but for Heather and I, it's pretty simple for us. Success really comes down to two things and our ultimate currency is happiness and i think that's what everyone's trying to chase is happy and i don't think there's a dollar figure that makes happiness but i also believe that you have to have options in order to be happy that's it and that's what that's what money helps i think if you're worried about maslow's needs food shelter water it's almost impossible to find pure happiness for 99.9 percent of the population so whether you want your kids to go to public school or private school whether you want to go on a an inside cab with no window or have have the cruise ship, whether you want to make the money and give it all away or you want to make the money and save it, whether you want to do generational wealth or whether you want to go crazy on, a, on, on just yourself. Those are options, but without options, I don't believe anyone feels successful. You feel trapped. That's a good point. D, you got anything you want to add? I, I, I think the problem that we have and that I hear a lot of people, everybody wants to be successful. Like, everybody mm-hmm. wants to reach this mark, and it's just like, stop. Just stop it. Like, stop even telling anybody that. Stop it. Um, just enjoy the process, and that's how mm-hmm. we get off track. Um, even in our marriage, like, I love my husband to death, but sometimes he's E.T. and sometimes he's Eric. I like Eric. I don't like E.T. <laughs> you guys like E.T. I don't like E.T. Because E.T. is just, he, he's off loud. track. Too yeah, loud. E.T. is loud. E.T. is, oh, got that grind, got that. No, relax that. <laughs> I like Eric. I like the yeah. person that's going to come home. I don't care if we have $2 in the bank or $2 million in the bank. Word. I like that person that's going to cater to me. I'm going to cater to him. We're not always talking about the grind or doing this and doing that. And I think that's where a lot of us miss the mark. And like Josh said, we can have millions in the bank and still be broken because we don't even have anybody to enjoy it with. Mm. So it's just like, stop, stop it. Everybody wants to be successful. I get it. But enjoy the process. Enjoy the people that are around you now, whether it's $2, $2 million. Um, And we had some friends of ours from Huntsville who knew us when, when we didn't have anything. And I promise you, we we would take, yeah, we would take four hamburger patties and chop it into the skillet and make enough burgers for eight people. And we had just as much fun as we're having now. So you got to enjoy whatever season you find yourself in be content. Stop looking to the left. Stop looking to the right. No, this is the road that God has put you mm. on. Stay on that road and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Two dollars, two million dollars. Enjoy it. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And that's powerful. Did you want to add something to that? No, hey, see, I'm just going to say one, just one thing I think is important. And he, he talks about this and has in, in multiple speeches. And, and But you need to be careful, too, when you're chasing success. And that success is a dollar amount. Because there's a lot of responsibility and weight that comes with it. And you can lose yourself in the process. Yeah, yeah. So you all of a sudden maybe get that end goal of money, but every other goal you had is now different because you can't take the time with your family. You're not, you were never meant to manage a couple thousand people. That's not what you thought you signed up for, but you want a billion dollars. But now, you, now you're in charge of 20,000 people and their livelihoods. 
You're in charge of decisions that you have no business making decisions on because you built something that you, that you never wanted to handle in the first place. So I just think it's really important when people are talking about success and they do it money-wise, they understand how heavy success can become along the way. So that's why I always in in D 100%, there's just no dollar amount to what that success will be because you can always make more. And I've just learned a long time ago, I don't fret about things that I can make more of. Right. Mm. So I just don't fret about money. I can go make more of it. So I fret about my family time. I fret about being a good husband and father. I fret about that Berkeley has been, is now will be out of our house sooner than she's been in our house. She's 11. She's closer to 18. To me, that clock is going crazy fast. And so I just don't fret about the money side because I know we can make more of it. And I hope that I've done enough good work and enough goodwill that if I was ever in a pinch that someone would take a chance and give me a job. And then I would go work for them. And then I would do a good job and figure out how to get myself back up and I would make someone else successful. And that's how I would become successful again. And so I just, tell, I just challenge you guys not to fret so much on the money because it is important, but this tool will make you sick. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, it will make you sick because you're watching stuff that isn't real life. And people say, well, I don't do that that much. Well, I walk around the boat and see all of you doing this the whole time. <laughs> right? Guilty. <I> <laughs> Look. <laughs> so so that, you know, that's the whole thing for me is you can go make more money. And I, and I know that. I've had it, I've lost it, I've had it, I've lost it, right? Between different things, and you can make more of that. But I can't make more of more time with Heather. And, and I feel hmm. the way to make me stop and really evaluate my priorities is if Heather's eyes tear up and not those happy tears mm-hmm. when I know that I've gotten out of line or I haven't spent the time at home or I've got my priorities out of whack. And that will hurt me way more than losing all my money, just that one look with those eyes swelling up. Yeah, no, 100%. Thanks for sharing that. Um, e, I want to know from you, uh, what is what does pressure look like for you these days? Kind of in the same lane, you know, I, I talk about pressure being good, you know, and stress being bad, but, like, what is pressure uh, like for you? How do you handle pressure? And I guess, you know, for all of you, because the, the crazy thing is, we talked about, I think, last week or the week before, but we were saying, now you guys are in a position where you have so much more to lose. You know, and there is a, a bit of beauty in being broke. It was just like, hey, we ain't got nothing. Nobody's seen us with anything. If we, don't, if we don't win, it just is what it is. But now, you know, you have a lot to lose, right? Like you got kids who are in sports. You're, I, I don't even remember how much you said it was some ungodly number for your daughters to go to tennis lessons, thousands and thousands of dollars to go to tennis lessons. And like that's a, like a huge thing to roll back. And so do you feel the pressure? Um, does the pressure bother you or how do you deal with the pressure? I'll start with Jamal. What, how do you deal with that pressure of, like you said, now you got a 18,000 square foot home. Everybody knows Jamal. Everybody loves Jamal. You got this real estate empire. Your girls are, you know, killing it in tennis. You and Camille are doing your thing. And that's a, a whole lot of weight to put on your back and your wife's back. And you got to run with that thing. D- does the, is the pressure good or bad or how do you see that? I mean, we, you're going to have pressure. But then that's where your faith life got to come in at. So I know my God is bigger than any pressure that comes my way. Mm -hmm. So I constantly will lean on God. I constantly pray. I constantly get up in the morning. I listen to to, to gospel music every single morning. I get up before the family get up. I work out every single morning. And I just have that me time. You know, me and my wife, we get together. We talk things out, problems, you know, anything dealing with business. You know, I constantly talk with my brother. And so 
we don't really have that type of pressure when it comes. We talk it out before it becomes before it blows up into pressure. So, but yeah, most of the stuff I just take it to God, and I mean that's 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 the that's best good. advice I can give. That's good. Yep, E. Man, biggest pressure, um, E. T. versus Eric. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. That's my biggest no question right now. You know Superman saying? versus Clark Kent. You know Kent. what I'm saying? Um, you know, and that's real. You know what I'm saying? Because you have a you you have good people who need somebody other than sharks pouring into them. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's just pouring into them without saying, "All right, now I need 19.99. Now I need 99 dollars. Now I need a thousand dollars." You know, so that balance between being there for the people that God has asked me to be there for, and my wife, you know, and it's, I say, man, it's an age-old Adam had the problem with Eve and God, you know, trying to choose between, all right, God, I know what you told me to do, but she told me to eat this <laughs> joint, and I, I want to be with her, you know what I'm saying, so I'm willing to go and eat that boy to be with her, so that, that, that's a huge balance, uh, and the new, the, 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 the new one for me, and be careful, guys, is which opportunities to take and which ones not to take. You know, that's huge. Like, TV deals, mm-hmm. you know, uh, voiceover. Like, yo, see, if I actually did all the work that came to me, I'd never have time for nobody, mm-hmm. you know? And even with us now, letting go, mm-hmm. you know, knowing when to say, all right, let go completely, you know? So I think, man, the blessings right now is the pressure for me. And being strategic enough, like you said, Ma, talking to God and hearing God say, here go a thousand blessings, I only want you to take one. And you tell me which one you want to take. So for me, that's the pressure I'm having right now. Girl, 2018, ain't no pressure. I'm being real, ain't no pressure. For me, 2018, and you guys heard us talk about the animals over and over again, being the chameleon, um, and Chris, Chris calls the chameleon the suffer in silence. So the last 10 years, I don't want to make it sound bad. Like, they ain't make me suffer. But no, you I took it. made you suffer. <laughs> Sorry, but, girl. <laughs> but I took on a lot of, I, I took on a lot. Like, trying to, again, being a chameleon, you're supportive. So you want to make sure you do as much as you can in areas that you don't have no business in. So I brought on a lot of pressure on myself. Right. You know what I mean? But now, like I said, 2018, like, I'm not playing. Y'all going to keep hearing me say this. When y'all get sick, too bad. The best day of my life. Ain't no pressure. I watch, I watch Didi get MS and Eric got better. Ain't no pressure. You know what I mean? Like, I watch stuff happen, and, like, it's not to hurt us. I realize that now. Like, I'm 2018, I'm telling you, y'all seeing me transition. Like, I realize now it's not to hurt me. Like, anything that's happening is going to make me better. I'm going to learn from it, even though it was painful or whatever, but it's all a part of the process. Like Candace just said, like, God got a plan. Like, that's not random. Like, Think about this, like literally, like I, I probably said on the podcast before, I'm from Barbados, Bridgetown, Barbados. Like my parents, Seventh-day Adventist Christian home. CJ is Catholic from Lansing, Michigan, Eric's from Detroit. That's not random. I came to Michigan because my brother just decided he wanted to get away from my parents and go to Michigan State. I'm like, well, you ain't about to leave me here. I'm going too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm Sorry, saying, Mom, wherever you're at. I don't even know if they're here. My parents are here somewhere. But I'm just saying, like, none of this, like, I didn't plan this out. So where I am, I'm realizing 2018, like, yo, it ain't pressure. This is a part of the process. And wherever I'm supposed to be, this is the road to get there. I'm on the road. And I think that's the key part. I am on the right road. And I'm comfortable with that. Like, I know that I'm on the right road now. No doubts at all. I ain't never had doubts. Not like that. Not like that. But I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm getting comfortable with, yo, this is where I'm supposed to be at this time. So whatever's happening is what's supposed to be happening at this time. And I'm going to figure out the solution at the right time and on to the next thing. So it ain't no pressure. 
Yeah, and I was just going to say, sometimes I was talking to my sister not too long ago, and she's just like, I, we need to talk. I got some decisions to make. And I'm like, what, what, what's going on? Like, why are you so anxious? And, and she was like, I was like, I feel a lot of pressure, but it's all self-inflicted. Mm. Every pressure that you have, you put on yourself. Take it off. Didi hit the nail on the head with everything she said in terms of contentment and enjoying where you are. We're trying to get to this vision of the future, and because well. that vision isn't the reality right now, we put that whole weight on ourselves, and we don't enjoy where we are well. right now. So I'm like, take the pressure off enjoy where you are and know that you're oh. in the spot you yeah. where you're, you're you're in the sweet spot right now and enjoy it like yep. that was that's exactly what i went through with, hey, the, what the she horizon can it's i kept yeah. looking like i taught my kids like that line right there is the horizon we've been sailing for days now that line we ain't got no closer to it. <laughs> right we just keep sailing exactly. and sailing right, and that line right, forever there right. that's what that's what it is it's not yeah. what you think it ain't no destination yeah. like and that. i mentioned it a little bit before but i i think i feel blessed and i feel pressure at the same time. I do. I'll just be yeah. honest with you guys. Um, he's 12 years older than me. And this is like, you got to understand, we started this office like just like some homies in the office. Just like, let's do something. And now we've built an incredible company, a multi-million dollar company. And, you know, thoughts and doubts creep into my mind. This is just full transparency. The doubt, not, not necessarily doubts about what we're capable of as a team, but he's 12 years older than me. These kids are about, Didi and these kids about to graduate from college. Jada, y'all is on the cruise ship looking like a grown woman. My kids are back with their grandparents. My daughter's one and a half. She talking about having another kid. So it could be 20 years before I even have to start paying for my kids to go to college. In 20 years, it'd be almost 70. <laughs> I'm just being real. So what, at 65, he got millions of dollars in the bank and just decide like, yo, I'm riding off into the sunset. He know I'm not going to put no pressure on him to stay and keep speaking and keep doing all of this so we can keep making money and all those things. So I have to look and say, all right, 20 years from now, Avery will just be getting ready to graduate from college. You're doing it now, but can you maintain for the next 20 years? Can you, make sure, can you maintain for 10 years if he decides in 10 years he's done? You're 12 years younger than E, so I feel blessed for sure. I'm glad we're on this Phenomenal Life cruise, but I'm not going to lie to y'all and say that there's not times when I'm like, whoa, are y'all going to be on the Phenomenal Life cruise with me and Carl right. and E not here? Are y'all, you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all might be like, yo, if E.T. out, I'm out. She said, I, I should at least be able to convince you to come on the cruise when you're 70, though, because the average age is about 85 on the cruise. So, but... But here's the thing. Again, I, though, I want the Euro dam. Yeah, yeah. They look older when we got off with yeah. the Euro dam. I want to go on that. No, but I, I'm just saying, I see I see E's priorities changing, mm -hmm. right? I see different things. And I, it really messed me up. I told E the other day, I said, E, I'm the age you were when I met you. Hmm. And so think about, and we were just getting started. Like, literally, E wow. was my age, and we were like, had nothing. Like, let's build this thing. And I'm his age now, and I'm like, wow, that's a big pressure. So, listen, again, I do feel pressure. There's no doubt. I'm the first one in my family to go to college, first one to graduate. I look out for my family. I pay phone bills. I look out when people's cars get hit and need uh, locks and windows repaired. Everybody calls me. Now, that's not, sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not, but I do feel that pressure to be great. I do feel that pressure to maintain, to take this thing to another level. And I think the thing for me is I'm, I use the pressure to push me and I don't turn it into stress because there was a time when I turned it into stress oh. and it turned into stress and my wife had to take me to the hospital. And that's just real. I don't even know how many people I told. Obviously, Carl and E know, Josh knows, but this was before my daughter was born. 
I was working so hard, and I promise you, it was like three days in a row where I didn't sleep. I was just grinding. We had a project or something we were working on, and I was a little nervous because Avery was coming, and I'm like, this is not the time I got to slow down. So I was like, in my mind, I'll work like three times as hard until she gets here, and I could take, you know, five days off or what have you. And I remember I was sitting in the basement. Jeremy, I don't even know if I told you this. I had a button, and I'm not blaming you for this. <laughs> but I had literally opened up my email. It was like a Monday morning or something like that, and I opened up my email, and I had a ton of unchecked emails. So I started going through them. And then my phone just started blowing up with text messages from people like, yo, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And I was fine. I wasn't feeling any pressure, nothing. I thought I was good. And Jeremy sent me, you know, something. And then like three other people sent me like videos back to back. And we're like, can you watch this? Can you check it out? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I remember sitting there and all of a sudden, like, my heart started beating super fast. And like my arm felt like it was falling asleep. And I almost fell out of the chair in the basement. And I was like, yo, I'm like, what happened? So I, I like... Like, got to my feet and came upstairs, and what I tell you? I just fainted. Oh, there. sorry. I just fainted, and I was like, are you okay? I was like, I had a heart attack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at me like, man, you didn't have no heart attack. I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> I was like, yo, I just had a heart attack. <laughs> she type of wives, we got y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, no, you didn't. I was like, babe, my heart, it was, she was like, well, what was it? I was like, and I explained it. Yeah. And, you know, so I was like, we got to go to the hospital. So we went to the ready care. They were like, well, you need to go get an EKG. I had to go. I had to get an EKG, stress test, everything. They was like, get out of here. Ain't nothing wrong with you. And so I had an anxiety attack, though. Yeah. And I didn't even really know until yeah. I called my mom. Yeah. And my mom had struggled with anxiety yeah. attacks. And it's genetic. And so it went unchecked. That's the first and only time it ever happened to me in my life. I'm, I, I run at a pretty even temperature. Y'all know that from listening to the podcast. I don't get too high, too low. But I wasn't taking care of myself, and I did let that pressure for a brief minute turn into stress. And stress will kill your butt. So you have to find a way to convert that stress into pressure, because pressure can be good. I wake up with pressure in the morning. Like, that's why I get up. That's why I, I go hard. That's why I make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing so that I can put my family in a sweet position. But I do feel that pressure. I do feel that pressure of my mom saying she wants to go to Paris. I do feel that pressure of my mom just told me a little while ago she wanted to go to Hawaii. I'm like, okay, I feel that. Like, I feel that on me. I do feel pressure to help my brother send his kid to private school. I do feel that pressure, right or wrong. I feel it, but I let it push me to be great. I let it fuel me, and I don't let it break me, because there was a time when I felt like I was about to let it break me. And so you have to get that stress thing under control. And E, we talked about it a couple podcasts ago, but that was something that you were always good at and had that moment in your life, too, where you let that pressure turn into stress. And I think, man, for everybody listening and everybody in here, find a way to get that check. Talk to people about it, because me and Josh talked about it, and Josh was like, yo, I had some sleepless... I mean, I don't, I, you kind of talked about it before, but if you want to tell them, like, you had some nights where... You had to go to the bathroom and throw on up and... Yeah, I mean, there, there was a stint... Um, there was a stint of my life for about five months straight. I'd wake up every morning, and I'd walk out, and I'd grab a cup of coffee, and I'd just set the coffee down, and I'd walk into the bathroom, and Heather knew exactly what was about to happen because it happened so often. So we'd turn on music, and I'd go to the bathroom, and I'd just dry heave for about 20 or 30 minutes. And that was the time where I was... We took a company from $8 million in the hole to 100 million. We did that in 18 months, but we also took a company that had 14 employees to 500. <laughs> and so that's a fast, fast race that you're running at that time. And before you knew it, about 14 months into it, it caught up to me. So I was able to outrun it for a while. So I was able to outrun it for a while, but I, I wasn't able to out, outrun it 
period. And once it caught me, it caught me for a long time. And so I went and saw somebody and it was anxiety and I had never dealt with anxiety and it was literally a choking feeling. But I see it where I feel pressure is I feel pressure to the commitments that I make. Mm. What I've learned to do better is make sure that I make commitments that don't stretch me too far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's one thing that you learn along the way is you make commitments out of good intentions, but then there's so many commitments that you have to keep. And if you truly care about people, you do everything you can to keep every one of those commitments. And so, so I've just learned the, the power of no. Mm -hmm. And see, you, you'll see it on the solar side. When we, when we started the solar yeah. company, I set some hard lines with the team in the solar company, the do's and the don'ts, the things I will do, the things I won't do, the times I'll do them and the times I will do them. And they won't interfere with my family time. They won't interfere. Um, and, and so that stress can't creep back up. That's a scary feeling. It's a very scary feeling. And I can't tell you, like, and that's what the importance of talking, right? Because sometimes, man, you think you're alone in this, and especially being an alpha male, like, that wasn't something I didn't really want to share like that. I, I never spoke about it on a podcast. It probably happened. We probably did the podcast the next day, and I didn't say a word about it because I wanted to give off this illusion of I'm always the strongest guy in the room. Everybody can count on me. But I think you have to talk to somebody, and you have to get that kind of stuff off your chest. And not that I was glad you went through something, but I was like, whoa, it was good for me to see another gorilla who's a high-level performer. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm not alone in this thing. Yeah. And that was big for me when we had that conversation yeah. on your deck that night. I was like, whoa, I felt a sense of relief because I'm like, okay, there's other people who are feeling like I'm feeling. And I know some of you out there in the audience today, you're going through things, whether it be family challenges, money challenges, whatever, and it's got you in that same position. And you got to come out because stress, like I said, will kill you. So, I mean. So I have a friend who's done very well in the business world and went through some emotional struggles. So depression, anxiety. And um, we were talking one day, very similar to what we were doing on my back porch when we talked about it. And I think the main thing is you realize you're not alone. That's that when, you're when you're dealing with stuff like this, you think you're the only one, mm -hmm. right? And so you're dealing with it. But I had a friend, and we were talking, he was really struggling. And, and he said, you know, I just I can't go through this one more day. I'd rather just not be alive. Wow. And that's how bad the weight of everything was. But also, when you're talking about mental illness... That's how skewed his vision. That was his reality. His perception was reality. He wasn't giving up. There was just no way for him to stop the pain that he was going through every other day. And no other logical way he could think of. And so we made sure that he got some help. But when you're dealing, again, that's why it's so important going all the way back to success and knowing what you're trying to build and why. Because sometimes you'll end up building something that you actually never intended to start and you end up, I tell people, you end up holding a baby you don't like. Hmm. And you look back and you did 12 years for what? To be miserable? Hmm. You built a company for 15 years for what? To lose your marriage? You know, you ran for 20 years for what? To dry heave in the bathroom every morning? And that's where you have to sometimes just sit and question why you're doing things. And um, I'm just a firm believer that you can always goal set. You can always do more. But what will change your life is when you start making stop doing lists. Mm -hmm. I write so, that down. I hope you wrote, please don't <laughs> just zoom by that, Josh. Explain yeah. that. So take a list, write down what you do, take a piece of paper and write down a couple days of why you do everything. And 70% of the stuff you're doing, one doesn't move the needle and two doesn't make you happy. So you, you, you create a stop doing list. And when you stop doing a bunch of the activities, you start to feel better because it's less on your plate and you're not wasting time. 
And then you become more efficient in the activities that actually matter. And so I just challenge everybody, just take, take a minute and just do a stop doing list in your business, mm-hmm. in your life, and you'll get farther than sitting down and writing out 100 more goals. Because you sit down, you write down all these goals, and then you accomplish, let's say you write down 10, you accomplish seven of them, and you feel like a failure. But you set too many goals. Hmm. You actually set yourself up for failure. And so I would, just, I would much rather see everybody do a stop doing list than come to me and say, here's my goals, here's what I want to get to. I don't know what you're going to stop in order to get to that area. Yeah, no, 100%. One of the things you said that I think some of us have an issue with is overcommitting. And there was a time, E, when you used to be the master of the overcommitment. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like he would literally like there'd be like, there'd be like eight uh, elementary teachers all like can you come speak at my high, my school on Thursday afternoon he would tell all eight yeah. of them yep yeah. I'm like e, you just told seven people before that you was going he was like figure it out we have to drive from school you know but you used to have a time when you overpromised at the maybe the flamingo thing heavy and I don't know if Chuck's in the building but Chuck kind of mentored you on how to say no um, <laughs> but can you talk about the overcommitting things because Josh I, I think that's a huge thing is like you you promise so many people so many things and you try to live up to all of that and you just can't you know and the guys that's why for real uh, there's a method to our madness so when, when we had Kendall do the assessment for us it's not a time waster you know what I'm saying it's not like you know like we didn't have nothing else to do in that space so we just came up with something. Like these are things that either I or we have gone through or sessions that we've gone through ourselves and now we're giving them to you. So it's not like we call somebody and we've never done this ourselves. And what I had to realize was you are a flamingo. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to be the highest level of animal if you're gonna be successful. And so that means an awareness of who you are. So there's this awareness that, yo, I live to be a blessing to people. Like I was put on this earth to win a Nobel Prize. Like that, it's like LeBron's going after, you know, the NBA Finals. And Tom Brady is going after the Lombardi Trophy. Like that's what they do. That's what I do, right? And so I had to realize if you say yes to these people, one, you're saying no to your wife, you're saying no to your kids, you're saying no to yourself. You feel me? And you don't want to say no to them. But of the two, your wife is going to let you say, well, not really, but in theory, <laughs> she's going to let you say no. Right? And so I had to realize, yo, E, you can do that, but you can't tell everybody yes. So what you gotta decide is in a, in, a, in a day, how many can you do realistically and keep your family and keep your sanity. And so it was like, yo, if I go now, I don't say, I don't volunteer five days a week. I might do one day. And that one day, I may do eight to 12, and that's the cutoff. You know what I'm saying? And let me just put it like this so it's easier for you to understand. Some of us, and whatever our, personalities are we live in Thanksgiving mode right Thanksgiving is something you do probably you should probably do that once or twice a year right so Thanksgiving you just I don't care what's on the table you smash right for some of us Christmas you smash but you can't possibly live Thanksgiving every day like that's not something you could do so you should have a time in your personality where you splurge but then on a regular basis you need fruit 
You need vegetables. You know what I'm saying? There's certain things you need. Meats. There's certain things that you need. And so I try to wake up every day now and say, E, even though you love going to the schools, you can't Thanksgiving every day. So today's got to be one of those days. And I tell the principal, we can't go to every class. Today is a day where you give me your kindergartners through third grade. Then you give me your fourth grade through sixth grade. And I give you, I give you that hour, hour, and then I got to be out of here. Whereas before I go in, they like, okay, can, then can you hit the parents at night? And then, I'm being for real. Yeah. At lunch, can we hit the movers and shakers in the city, right? And then before school start, can we get with all our principals? And I used to be like, let's go. And could physically do it. And would walk out like they loved it. But I had to ask myself, can you sustain that? Yeah. Can you do that and still be able to walk for Didi at, at 62, <laughs> at, at 72? And the, and the answer was, you can't keep this up. And so I had to sit down with Chuck because I don't like no. And I had to get help. Like, you had to get help for anxiety. I had to get help for no. Because mm. I don't like letting people down. Like, I ain't no gorilla. I don't feel good when I tell somebody no. It hurts. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not proud of saying no. I feel good when I say yes. It hurts to say no. So I had to get help. And realize, like, yo, it's a problem, E. You can't tell everybody yes. You don't have that much time. You don't have, you call me, I need to pay for my school. I'm cashing everybody out. And Diddy was like, yo, I feel you, but I can't go to work again. So you, we got to have money 30 years from now. So you, yes, so now, yeah, pay tuition, but maybe two people this month. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, put a cap on it. So there are those of you out there, it's just real. You don't, you ain't the no person. So I had to go to the gorillas. I'm not going to be one naturally, but I had to go to the gorillas and get the, why would you say no? You got to give me the science behind this. You know what I'm saying? And then when I got the science behind it, it was, you don't want to lose your daughter. You don't want to lose your son. So you got to learn to say no. And now when do I do it? I know to do it. If you're not mutual, I tell you no. If you are a leech, I'm telling you no, because you don't have my best interest at heart. So I'm telling you no, flat out. If you are, what's the second one called? Commensalism, where you, it's like, you know, you 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 ain't hurt me, but you ain't giving me nothing. Uh, I got to tell 50-50 them no. But mutual, I know if she asks me to do something and I do it, it's going to bless me too. It ain't going to be where I do something for C and it's not a blessing for everybody. So I just had to learn if you're a leech, I got to tell you no, because you're going to suck, suck, suck. And then when I die, you're not even going to come to my funeral. On to the next You're not even going to come to my funeral. <laughs> you're not going to. Man, the Lord showed me. Bless the people that if you die, if I die, I know C going to take care of Didi. I know that. I know she ain't got to be like C. You promised Eric died. Where's the money from the? I know that ain't going to happen. C going to say, yo, hey. Eric is dead. Make sure every month Diddy get her check. That's who I say yes to. But the people that just take, 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 I got to tell those people no. Because they not, they, they don't love me enough to do right by my yes. So you can't throw your pearls at swine. So now I got to be, I got to be cautious and make sure that when I'm saying yes to you, you're going to turn around and say yes back to me. So for real, for those of you who have a hard time, get help. 
get help because you cannot say yes to everybody and everything. And when you say it, it's going to hurt you. And they feel it, and they're going to keep pulling you. Because they like, if I say it the third time, she's going to break. Hmm. If I say it the second time, he's going to break. And you got to get to a point where you like, you can ask me as many times as you want. I got to think about what's important to me. And I keep telling you no, because I keep thinking about Didi. Because you're going to say no to her, so I'm going to say no to you. But if you're going to say yes to her, then I'm going to say yes to you. Didi, I'm going to Yeah, go for it. Yeah, please. <laughs> We gotta stop. We gotta stop doing this live. We gotta stop doing this live. Jim. You see what happened? They working for me. You see what happened when the women get on the podcast? Right. Now we, we usually have a fun little yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. My stress is this week. Yeah. Um, so, Didi. And this is for, because we got a, a lot of, we're on a cruise, we got a lot of husband and wife combinations, and this is for uh, one spouse maybe who's married to a spouse like you, right, that, you know, all over the place. He's the hardest working person I've ever met in my life. He has a motor that is incredible, um, and he, he's always had it since day one. This isn't something when we start making money, like, back in the day, I can remember us just hitting school after school after school after school, week of prayer, we gone for weeks at a time, like, Didi, how do you know when, as a spouse, to let him go and say, okay, he got to do that or it's going to drive him crazy, and when to reel him back in? Like, what are the measurements you take? And how do you, because there's other spouses here who maybe one is just on the go and they grind, 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 they trying to bring all this money back for the family, and the other spouse is like, yo, hold up. But there is a responsibility, and I do, even though you are a gorilla and you regulate that, I do remember you and still remember, still know that you'll allow us to go when it's time. If we say, yo, we got to go to Australia, we got to do what we got to do, you're not going to make E feel bad about it. You're going to be like, all right, cool, go now. But how do you know when to pick and choose your spots of, okay, you're getting a little out of pocket and you you gone and serving the community a little too much and when to let him kind of spread his wings so he can be himself? And, and that's crazy because... Um I guess with me, I've always had, and this is not to um, pat myself on the back, but I've always had a strong foundation. So I've always been a person, like, I can have 10 people, I can just have, I can just be by myself, and I'm stable. So I think what helped our relationship is that I'm not a needy person. Mm. I, I promise you, if Eric died tomorrow, God bless his soul, we will have the funeral on Tuesday and on Wednesday. I won't even need to check for you. I won't even say anything to you. I promise you, I will get a job. <laughs> if it's like scrubbing somebody's toilets, I'm going to take care of me and my family. So I've always done that. And I think what helps me out emotionally is that I'm stable and I'm strong. A lot of times people get into a marriage and they're, they're not strong. So they've gotten into a marriage dependent on that person to be their everything. I've never done that with my husband. So with that being said, he's had the freedom. Now, what I did have to do is protect my children because they're still, you know, young and they're growing and they need that male figure in their life. And I just tell them, you know, you're pouring all this into everyone else. Don't have your kids talk about you, you know, to other people. Like, yep, he was there for you and your son. I'm glad your son went to the Navy, but my father wasn't there for me. So I will always be that friendly reminder. Hello, you have two children. So somebody come up to you, oh, E.T., you were my father, you were my... No, he's not your father, sweetheart. He has two children. Those are the two people he's responsible for. So I always kept that in front of him. Like, you got to take care of your children. I will be okay. Will I miss you? Yes, I will miss you, whatever. But I know that you're doing, you know, if you were out uh, talking to other women or whatever, that's a whole different situation. But I know what you're doing. And because I trust and love you, I know that you have our best interests at heart. 
I will speak up for my kids, though, just to say, hey, don't forget about them because they don't have a voice. So yeah. I guess yeah, that's I just protect. Jada her birthday. Oh, yeah. So Jada is 20 years old. I promise you, every year Eric has been gone on her birthday since day one, since 1998, March the 6th. Jada was due March the 16th or something like that. We prayed, and Eric had signed a contract already, so he had to be gone for an entire month. He was going to miss the birth of his child, and I'm like, wow, that's going like, to like devastating, but he had to go because he signed the contract. Jada was born March the 6th at 10 o'clock a.m. Eric left March the 6th at 12 o'clock noon. So he made, I, I don't know how this girl came like 10 days early. Oh and, and, and ever since that day, Holy Ghost. Yeah, ever, right. ever since March the 6th. I mean, yeah, March the 6th. He's been gone every single year for the last 20 years. And J finally, Jada, I guess she was about, about 12, 13. About 12. It was like, Dad, you're never here for my birthday. And that, like, I guess that pierced you. I don't know. So it's like, okay, yep, we may be gone, but best believe whoever's bringing you in on March the 6th, they're going to buy like four plane tickets. If they can't buy four plane tickets, then guess who's not going? You're not going. So it's just like you have to have that voice for the people that don't have a voice. But I just say you just make yourself whole. If you make yourself whole, then everything else will come to it. You don't even have to fight for yourself because you're so whole. <laughs> yep. No, right. No, I got it. Um, and let's start lining up. We're going to be ready for Ask ET in a minute. Um, anybody want to add anything to that just in terms of that one, one, one thing, just part of part of what you go through is what allows you to help the people around you. And so when you're sitting there and you're dealing with this stuff that we've talked about and you're going through these stories, part of that is why E can relate so much or why C is so relatable when you're talking to him because he can coach people through the real life situation. And so part of it is taking your story and the pain of it and be able to use it. And you see it on the business side when we do it with people, but we get right to the heart of the entrepreneurs we're dealing with. And entrepreneurship and business and life is a full contact sport. And sometimes people don't like that, but it just requires sacrifice along the way. Um, and I love hearing all these stories, even the Jada story, because it's, it's, it's things that were once necessary. Right. Mm. They were once necessary, but they were highly uncomfortable. But you just get going, you turn around, and Jade is 12. Right? And it just happens so fast. And so, but by, by going through that stuff, it's a, it allows you to be able to help the people around you not have to go through it quite at the level that you went through. And I think that's where it's so important. Yeah. Go. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to say beforehand is that as entrepreneurs, we all going to go through stuff. Mm -hmm. One thing, though, that me and my wife, when times get hard, or it, really in the beginning, because now things are kind of settled, but in the beginning when things really got hard, I remember we used to always get together, and we always say, it's not going to always be like this. <laughs> it's not going to always be like this. You got to remember that. No matter what you're going through, it's not going to always be like this. It's only for a season. And you got to work through it, though. It's not going to just disappear on its own. Right. But you got to believe that. You got to hold, hold fast to that vision that you guys created for yourself. And remember, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Storms are going to come. But if you keep pushing through it, a rainbow will show up one day. Yep, that's good. Yeah, Jamal, I, I wanted to, um, to Josh's point yesterday about make a decision, and then you can make that decision right. I do want to say uh, for those of us in the room who are driven, and that drivenness may cause you to be a little stubborn. Like one of the things that you want to make sure that you're able to do is say you're sorry and make the adjustment. 
You feel me? So with my daughter, if I don't get it twisted, I, I was I might celebrate it on March first. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't like I wasn't celebrating it, but I'd be like, yo, I gotta get on the road. I gotta make that money. So we're gonna celebrate it on March first, whatever. But when my daughter came to me and was like, Dad, like every year, it's like it would be cool if every blue moon we had to celebrate it early or late. It's like we gotta do it every year. You have to be cautious that you don't go and you don't a, a lot of you, you're bullies. And it's easy to bully kids. Cause like my wife said, they don't have a voice. So it's easy to bully your child and be like, whatever, I'm making money, you don't understand. No, my daughter came to me with a concern. And so it's what you said, Josh, I had gotten, I had resolved that I was gonna be so good at what I did that I got to make the decisions. Because there was a time I didn't make the decision. It was like March 6th was schools, uh, spring break like that. It was getting ready for tests and week of prayers. It just was that season. And then I got to a point where I was good enough to say, I can't come on March 6th. I remember C having a gig. I don't remember. It might have been like 20 Gs. And Jada had to get her braces out. And I was like, I can't I'm do it. I'm still hurt by that. Yeah, I was like, I can't do a seat. She was like, I was like, we can pay for the braces right now. <laughs> One gig. Yeah, but my thing was, I had missed so many birthdays that I could not miss this too. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I made my wrongs right. And even with this cruise, I was like, yo, you're going to have to do it during her spring break. You feel me? Like, that's going to have to be the time. And I know the whole world ain't going to understand it. But we can't do this cruise and she at home and I missed her birthday again. Like, we, we can't do that. So we gonna have to do that sucker. And then it was like, we can get you a cake. And then I was like, what size? I was like, the biggest one you could get. I got some making up to do. Don't bring a little small cake to this joint. You know what I'm saying? You don't really understand the story behind this cake. I need the big one and I need the lights and everything. You know what I'm saying? So be, don't be so stubborn that when change comes, you don't see it coming. And then like Josh said, I made the adjustment and now she's 20 years old. And it's like, wow, I, I miss some time. I miss some birthdays. It's like she's 20. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Like she grown now. She's not my little girl. My favorite pick, Carl knows, is the um Jada. Jada. I think it. Yeah. Uh, from yeah. Cali. Yep, from Cali. She had the little dress I bought her from England and a little uh, pigtails. And she was yeah. Vivica Fox. And, you know, and I look up now, it's like, yo, she ain't that little girl no more. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? And she on, going in the room, sneaking on the phone, talking to whoever it is she's talking to. <laughs> and uh, you know what I'm saying? It's real. Like, she don't want to talk around me with her. I, you know what I'm saying? I just have to be a state. I, I'm connected, so my, my peeps let, keep me informed, you know, what's going on. You know, and it's just like, yo, she a big girl now. She's not my little baby. So, for real, mm -hmm. make the adjustments. If your wife say something, don't argue with her. Your son, don't argue with him. Make the adjustment. Say you sorry and repent, which means you don't keep doing the same thing you did. And when Maul said, yo, it's real, we all make mistakes, but we don't all repent, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Some of us keep doing the same thing and we're too stubborn to change, be willing to change when it's time to change. All right, before you go there real quick, let me introduce our sponsor, Health IQ. Health IQ is a life insurance agency that uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. Research has shown that runners who persist in running over an average of 5.9 years, they actually have a 29% lower risk of mortality and a 50% lower risk of death from heart disease. 
So why not benefit from your healthy lifestyle? The great news is that 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance, and these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. Health IQ can save our customers up to 33% because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, a 20% lower risk of cancer, and a 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. Like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. Learn more and get a free quote at healthiq.com forward slash success. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today. Again, it's healthiq.com forward slash success, or you can mention the promo code success when you talk to a Health IQ agent. All right, we're going to jump into Ask ET, but first, before I do that, I want to bring up another special guest that we have in the building who absolutely killed it the last few yeah. days, man. Yeah. This guy is like a walk-in robot worth oh. of information. <laughs> like, how he can remember the terms he remembers and all of that. He got us all in shape. Uh, we're learning how... By the way, Thank you. Uh, my wife and I have been killing it because our whole way to combat the crew's uh, weight gain was just to take the steps everywhere. Because the old folks take uh -huh. the elevator like one up, so you could literally be on the elevator for like an hour and a half <laughs> trying to get from your muster station <laughs> to dinner. And so, um, but this, this gentleman also, uh, obviously, man, just a ton of information, and, you know, I really do appreciate it because anytime I call his phone and I got questions about health or health concerns or getting in shape or diet or any of those things that you know my wife and I take very seriously um, you guys know about the Organifi and uh, I'll pub Organifi right now man y'all go check out Organifi this is the guy who actually got us set up with Organifi Absolutely. and the sponsorship and the reason you hear it because he's obviously a huge health proponent and he got us taking it and Carl and I liked it so much he liked it so much that we said hey we know th you think they'd be willing to sponsor our podcast, and they were. So um, just incredible information, and I want you guys to direct your questions towards him as well. Just, by the way, this is a very loose, free-flowing podcast. Just get up and walk back there. You don't have to, like, ninja sneak through the back of the chairs. Um, but, yeah, y'all give it up for my man, Sean Stevenson. And let me, before we, before we jump into it, uh, anything you want to share on the mental health side and kind of the stuff wow. we've been talking about? I know you, you're well-versed in this area as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, it's important for everybody to realize that your thoughts create chemistry in your body, mm -hmm. right? And it's the most powerful pharmacy in the world is located inside your own mind. And we kind of take that for granted. You know, we're oftentimes even when people come into my clinic, like, what can I take? What can I take for this? What can I take for that? Right. right. You've got it all inside of you, you know, and even, um, you know, when, it's, when we're talking about stress and how this can result, anxiety was something that we dealt with a lot clinically, and um, just our thoughts can create uh, th this experience with adrenaline, cortisol, and so you start to feel it. Like, your thoughts, you start to feel a change in your biology just by the thoughts you're carrying. So the question is, how do we manage our thoughts? The first thing is awareness. You know, because a lot of times we think that we can't change. And we also put a lot of this pressure, like your story, like I started feeling nauseous, <laughs> you know? But we, we have to realize too, we're all connected. You know, and the people that you're around help to either support or kind of diminish the way that you feel. And so he was carrying around this tremendous amount of stress. And I shared this before, I think this was on the last podcast we did, there's a Princeton study, and they found when two people were in rapport just for like five minutes of communication, their brain waves sync up. Wow. <laughs> Right? So just understanding, like, the people that you're around, the energy that you're around. That's why everybody's feeling good right now. Right? Because we're in this space of good energy. 
right? And it's a very tangible, real thing. So I just want people to realize that your thoughts are powerful, and we don't want to be too neurotic trying to think positive all the time. Understand that all of our thoughts are valuable, right? Even if we have, you know, sad or angry feelings, it's oftentimes it's communication from inside. You know, it's communication from your soul that you need to change. You need to address it. But with Josh's example, like he was suppressing, 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 and he's dry heaving, like it's trying to come out, like this isn't right. You know, so that's really what I want people to just kind of walk away with is understanding we don't need to turn to the pharmaceutical first. All right, that should be a few steps down the line. Instead, taking control of our mind and our thoughts and understanding our minds are an incredibly powerful tool, but it's not a very good master. All right, and it's just a tool, it's, a, it's our mind, it's not who we are. All right, yeah, appreciate that, Sean. And, um, can you uh, can you do our Organifi plug? I always love that. Uh, oh, yeah, he way sweeter uh, with it. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it, it's yeah. way more convincing than the people, the sales always yeah. go up than you do. Uh, so can you, uh, before we jump into Ask ET, tell them why they should be drinking Organifi. For sure, hey, So yeah. we can redo it. <laughs> yeah, you know, no doubt. Every car from now on just record and play, play right before we get to it. Real talk. I mean, my biggest concern about this trip and while I was going back and forth and whether I was going to come is like, I'm not in control. Like, we out here in yeah. the middle of the ocean. I just middle. can't, you know, I can't get away. Yep. And so those little Organifi Go Packs, man, mm. like, I, br I brought a ton of them, and it's really been a, a lifesaver for me, you know? And the reason that this matters so much is this isn't just, like, some kind of a, you know, quote, supplement where you're taking something that's synthetic. Like, who here takes a multivitamin? Let me see your hands. Mm. It's, it's a nice portion, maybe 30% of the room. That's not everybody. That's a problem, right? You've got all these nutritional gaps. But a bigger problem is the fact that we invest in things that are synthetic and it's not actually giving you the nutrients you think you're getting, all right? Because the supplement industry is really largely unregulated. Like, we can just come up with something today and get it out of store shelves without anybody telling us you can't do that, all right? And so we want to pay attention to where it's coming from and also does it actually have the stuff that you're looking for? So. The reason I love Organifi is that it's cold processed food. So it's actually real whole superfoods, these quote superfoods. And because it's not high temperature processed, dried, fried, fricasseed, whatever, you're actually getting the nutrients that you're looking for. And so I'll share two real quick. Um, two of the constituents in the formula, one of them is Moringa, right? Has anybody heard of Moringa before? Yeah, it's becoming more popular. Moringa. Like Moringa? Like <laughs> yes. So, Moringa, and this is, I mean, it's cultivated in different parts of the world, Africa, India, but if we're talking about real nutrient powerhouse, it's five times more calcium than milk. It's like seven times more potassium than bananas, all in this green superfood, you know, uh, really powerful mess, medicine. So that's one of the things that's in Organifi. Also, spirulina's in there, and it's one of my favorite. I've been taking spirulina for how long? 15 years, maybe. And they put this in the formula. The reason I use it, it's 71% protein by weight. It's the most protein-dense food in the world. But it's really bioavailable protein. So your body takes it on. And not only that, and this is, again, uh, like the, the country Chad. This was their main protein source, right? It has this historical use. It wasn't made in a laboratory last week, right? It's a real something that's gathered from um, and cultivated from the earth. And also has this really interesting, this is the last thing I'm going to share, compound called phycocyanin, all right, phycocyanin. And clinically, it's been found to trigger your body to produce more stem cells, all right? So it's called stem cell genesis. And stem cells are literally the seed cells to create anything your body needs. 
So if you need more heart tissue, if you need more lung tissue, more meniscus for your knee, thyroid tissue, stem cells need to be present to do those jobs, right? And it was thought for, I mean, for hundreds of years that, I'm sorry, not hundreds of years, for decades, that once we lose certain cells, we can't get them back. And it's just not true. It's being able to generate the things that actually are going to become what you need. I hope that makes sense. So all of that's in there. Yep. Uh, plus ashwagandha, and it, here's the key though, it tastes good. So we put it in the water, has a little nice minty flavor to it. You feel good, you feel clean inside. Organifi, what's the, what's the code for you guys? Success. Success, yeah. Success. was it yep. com? Yes, sir. Use the promo code SUCCESS. Give it up for Sean, y'all. <laughs> and uh, make sure you get a little kickback commission on that. <laughs> All right, um, you know the rules. Ask ET, which is code for ask, ask the entire panel. Whoever you want to direct your question to, please say their name. Uh, Miss Didi and Candace, uh, again, if you forgot, Sean at the end. You know all the rest of these guys. Uh, let's get it. All right, what's up, fam? How y'all doing up? today? Yes, first, I just want to say thank y'all for putting this together. This is historic. I mean, the first yeah, ever. We, no doubt. It's never yeah, going to be another first. This is huge. Honored to be here. Derek from the DMV, got a um, barbecue business. So my question is, you know, um, you know, I'm a flamingo nationally. Plug the business for the people in the DMV. Oh, it's your moment, man. Hurry up. <laughs> it's my barbecue, man. Divine barbecue in motion. Slow down. Let us grill for you. Hey! hey. He was ready. He was ready for that. Hey. He was ready. Yeah, you got your moment back. <laughs> yeah. 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 said yeah. that once or twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Business coming. flamingo, but when it comes to All right, man, what's your question, business, man? My question <laughs> is, because I'm, I'm, I'm heavy on the gorilla side when it comes to business. Let, letting go is my biggest issue because, you know, I can only grow it to so, point, so much by myself. And now, you know, how to find that person to kind of cast that vision and to, to kind of build, especially when it's a brand like it's a product, like a food and stuff like that, to be able to to build, to take it to that next level. You know, yeah. so, go. so so the question is kind of like how to find that person. Yeah. Yeah, go for it, Josh. Yeah, I would say first first start with a series of questions. And the first question you need to ask is, would you work for you? Hmm. So as you're starting to build a team, would you work for you? Right? Are you are you put together enough that you have enough to offer mm -hmm. someone else to come and work for you? And then, and then the second t time is building a team is tough. So you're going to go through if you're building a business and you're actually going to hire employees, you can go through multiple teams to find your team. I haven't found one successful business that's a decent sized business that that they found all the right people up front, mm -hmm. and there wasn't a, a little bit of collateral damage in between. And so it's going to take you uh, going through it and finding the right person. But I would tell you, the easiest thing to do when you're starting and hiring first in one person is just be a great boss, friend, mentor, and do some things for the people that, that, um, that doesn't have anything to do with the business. Look after them. And that in turn, that loyalty, they'll go that extra step. But just make sure you'd work for you. Yep, good answer. Good stuff. Hello, Nichelle McCall from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I'm newly engaged, so trying to learn Woo! how to be a better helpmate. Congratulations. Um, so when you guys... Do y'all run around saying fiancé all the time now? I like when we got engaged, we like couldn't wait to go to Starbucks and be like, yeah, fiancé, you know what I'm saying? Just, hey, check it out. You know I'm still getting used to it. Still getting used to it. Um, but when you guys were early in your marriage and your husbands were still kind of figuring out their purpose and oh. you guys were going through maybe some of your struggles and your tough times, 
Um, for the wives, how did you support your husbands when things were unsure and things weren't easy? And then for the husbands, what made you feel supported by your wives and made you feel like you could accomplish anything and achieve your purpose? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> That's a real question. Um, I'm, I'm going to let Candace answer this because I didn't support my husband. I didn't. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> So um, me and CJ have a different story because we, when we, we fell in love doing this work. So that's like what we, we worked with E. I knew E before CJ did just because I was believed in the vision. Okay, oh, what, what? That's another fair file. What? Because oh. the, the policy was you weren't supposed to be dating in the group. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I didn't know she knew that, see? <laughs> if we've learned one thing over the course of this week is that gorillas don't give it about policy. <laughs> right, so anyway. You know what I'm saying? A ain't thinking nothing about no policy. I saw something I wanted. Results. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to go get it. Yeah. Okay, back to the lovely question. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, so we worked together, you know, doing the great work, E, you know, mentoring, going to the different schools, speaking. I was right there, a part of the team. It was just, but because of the way I grew up, I was just like, this is real nice and fun, but I don't really see a check, so I'm going to work, you know? <laughs> and that was just it, and I believed in exactly what they were trying to do. I believed in E, I believed in the vision, and I knew that, hey, he's gonna, he, he can work and do that, and I'll just be right there to support, and when it, time comes, I'll evolve and be there to support as well. But that, it, was, it was a little bit easier for me because I 100% believed in what they were trying to do. Yeah, let me, let me say this to you. You know, you got to be cautious, you know, because sometimes when you say support, you like leave it to beaver. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody at the crib baking cookies and waiting for the kids to come home. You know what I'm saying? Support. And Didi didn't do that. But what Didi did do to support me, Didi had a job. So our bills was getting paid. Didi had insurance. So our kids were taken care of. You feel me? So she supported me in that. They, she, like she said, she was independent. So she wasn't waiting on me to take care of it. So it wasn't a lot of stress, because it was like, yo, we gonna eat whether I blow up or not. You know what I'm saying? We, we gonna have a check. She gonna go to work. We was on food stamps, and when she got her job, she took the food stamps back. I was like, yo, they ain't call us yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, I'm just like. <laughs> Somebody would have gave us $100 somebody, for these $200. You know what I'm saying? saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, why you tripping? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and when we got food stamps, in Alabama, it was during a time where they didn't give you food stamps. They gave you a check. So our check was $285 and our rent was $285. So I was like, D, you ain't got to go. That's rent. We can just stack up on your check until they call us. She's like, nope, we're not doing that. Somebody yeah. needs it. We don't need it anymore. So it was support. Is that before or yeah. after you were still buying food stamps? Oh, uh, that was before okay. or after. <laughs> oh, I don't know, see. I'm talking about it later. I'm just trying to figure out why Diddy was trying to do right by the food stamps and he was counteracting her. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't remember. With your herb and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying. Y'all missed worship this morning. That's a whole inside yeah. joke for the people listening. Sorry. Yeah, you, you just got to know. You got to be cautious because some people in the room, you're killing your spouse because you want support the way you think you should get support. Mm. 
And that's, that's not always what support is. And as a 99% flamingo, God bless me that in my marriage I got a gorilla and in my business marriage I got a gorilla. And so I'm very good at what I do. But I've needed over the years just that unwavering, yo, this is the direction, E. You can't feel your heart on this one. We need a mind on this one. So it has been support. It's just different. And I say that just because, for real, some people think it's baking cakes. They think it's being at home and not working. Like Didi said, flat out, Candace, too. They from Detroit. You know what I'm saying? They from the city. And in the city, the, it, we didn't grow up with our moms at home. You feel me? In Detroit, your mom was at Ford 2 or GM 2 or Chrysler 2 or somewhere. We grew up seeing people, women, go to work. We didn't necessarily see women having the traditional domestic you know, a, a, a role, if that makes sense. Yep, good question. Yep. How y'all doing, family? Uh, Al Takar here from up, Memphis, man? Tennessee. Memphis, um, Got a question for our leaders. Uh, anybody on the panel want to answer? Uh, is there a time that you had I, you had doubt or sometimes fear? And how did you overcome that fear or that doubt uh, in your transition as a leader? Um, just as a leader, you're saying? Yep. 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 Uh, Josh? Yep, I'm going to take that. Never. Josh just had the most employees out of anybody right. up here, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah doubt, so, so the question is, doubt and fear? So, so doubt, no, and that's because we don't always make the right decisions in our business, but our intentions are always right. Mm. So we, like, and the way we say it is we say we're not perfect, but we have perfect intentions. So we do that with our employees. My job as an owner and a CEO is to make sure my employees are happy, healthy, and whole. That way they can take and, and go make the customer happy, healthy, and whole. Um, but but uh, doubt, yeah, it, the, the more levels you climb, you're gonna have, you're, it's, it's a game of expansion. So mental expansion, being able to handle the load. So you're gonna, the, the bigger your business gets, you're gonna have some doubt creep in because it's a new phase that you have to learn. And you're gonna think, okay, do I know everything? And right when you think you know everything, you're gonna realize you hardly know anything. And there's another level that goes. So there's always gonna be that doubt um, that's why environments like this are so important, though. You, you can shortcut that doubt by being around other like-minded people, people that are running a business. But yeah, I don't think there's a single leader, and, I, and anyone can speak of the thing I'm wrong, that, that doesn't go through some doubt at some point um, because there's responsibility that comes with people. And if you truly care about people, then you're going to have some doubt because you're going to be wondering, am I doing all the right stuff? And could I be doing better? And that's kind of the good pressure we talked about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Carl, why don't you take that as well? Because I think um, E, maybe myself, Josh may have those, you know, personalities that, you know, even the other guys on the panel have those alpha male personalities that are kind of naturally given to, like, being leaders and leadership, right? Right. And you're, you don't have that personality. Obviously, the chameleon, you're more of a supportive role. Mm -hmm. But because we run a small company, you were forced to step up and be a leader after years of me and E uh, beating you down about it and saying, yo, at some point, Carl, we can't keep bringing people in and going above you. You have to be in charge of these people. And so now... Um, you, you are in a leadership role, but that's not your natural forte. How is, what, what kind of doubts and fears do you experience with that, and, you know, that since it's not your natural inclination? Because, like I said, I think he's probably been a leader his whole life, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, in some capacity. So, so I, literally, what Sean just said about being around people, like, again, she just explained it perfectly. I'm never confident, like, literally looking at somebody and telling them, hey, I need you to do this for me. That's just <laughs> not me. 
Like, I prefer, like, my dad, y'all see my dad walking around here? Like, I just prefer to be in the trenches doing it. Like, that's just how I'm made. So, like, when I got to look at you and say, hey, I need this thing done by, like, noon today, like, I, I kind of, like, uh, need it done by noon. Can you get that <laughs> to me by noon today? So it's not comfortable for me. But one of the things that CJ said to me is, and I, I, I hear this thing, like, every day. CJ's like, dude, every decision that you make or allow people around you to make impacts how your kids are going to eat. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> So literally, I start cussing everybody out. <laughs> I'm just saying, hearing stuff like that, Nigga like, you know, again, for me, like, I know it's supposed to be done. I know, like, I'm not supposed to be doing it, but it's just that block. But that, and again, not now, like, they've been doing this for like years. I'm like, just hearing this stuff over and over for years, and it's still, it's a work in progress. But now I'm realizing, like, wait a minute, like, first of all, I can't scale doing everything. It's, on, it's only so much I can get done. I'm going to tap out at some point. Then number two is like, man, if I allow them to do it in a way that doesn't represent me, first them, but if it doesn't represent me, like now this is affecting my family. This is affecting our legacy and how things are done. You know what I'm saying? So the element of doubt and fear in myself was there, is still there to some extent. But I'm just saying, like, the perspective has shifted now. Like, dude, bump how you feel. Like, watch your kids and make sure that you got some stuff in place for them. So everybody around now, and again, they ain't working for my kids, but you are part of the puzzle that makes this thing a legacy. You know what I mean? It's not about me. It's not about just this yeah. table anymore. It's now a legacy. You're a part yeah. of that. So we got we to gotta, we gotta hit here. We yeah, got to meet that standard. And, yeah, and I hope that resonates for everybody because everybody experiences doubt and fear. You can lie to yourself and say you don't. But I think the difference between people who end up being successful anyway are the people who just say, I'm going to just do it. Uh, and sometimes when, that's, why, that's why I think this panel and stuff like that is so important because you need to see real people who are super successful who had the exact same feelings as you. The problem is you let it paralyze you. So it's not wrong to have the feelings. It's wrong to let the feelings sit there and you know not move you. So I'm saying to you, don't think everybody's got it all figured out and you compare yourself and you look at E and you're like, oh, he's so confident. That's why he's successful. I could never be that confident. He might have had the same doubt and fears you did. He just acted on it anyway. So, yeah, great. AC, yep. one way, like how I used to deal with the doubt and fear, I don't remember where I read this at, but it was almost like, imagine if you walked into the movie theater, right? Let's say your movie was supposed to start at 7, but you got there at like 6.45 and you literally walked in the theater and you saw the end of the movie. And it's an action movie. You saw the end of the movie. And in the end, you saw the main character live. Now you said, okay, well, my movie about to start, so I'm going to sit here and watch it all over from the beginning. Hmm. Imagine how you'll feel at the beginning of the movie now. No matter what's happening, the guy gets shot, he That's falls good. from the 25th That's floor good. of the building. Good, but now you're like, well, I know he's going to live in the end because I've seen it already. Yeah. That's how you got to do your life. That's good. That's good work. That's how you got to do in business, too. So I replay things over and over in my head, and that's where that faith level come in at. I replay it over and over in my head, and I say, okay, I've seen it already. It's going to end well. No matter what we go through, uh, we, we barely made payroll this week. In the end, though, I saw us having 10 businesses. No mm. You know, we, whatever the situation is. Well, you said you manifested something a year ago. You told Camille what a year ago? You told us last night at the table. We were just sitting there, and you said, which in, you, you said in a year <laughs> said which about one? your circle. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, great, great example. I, one of my major prayers, and I mean, I just show you how, how strong prayer is. And I told CJ the other day, I said, me and God, we like this. Because I was like, where I went, my major prayer was, I was just like, God, please change my circle. I felt like we were on an island by ourselves. And I said, you know, not with, you know, I got my, excluding my brother, you know, my, my, my close, close circle. But I mean, just 
just just being around some good people, man. Some people that that, that kind of fit in our circle. And and here it is. <laughs> I prayed. I was just like, I, I changed my circle. Bring people into my life. Bring other males in my life that, that, that that's on the same level as me. And God is so just crazy. He brings me ETCJ, <laughs> Carl, and you know, and Josh. You know, and it's just, you know, prayers are answered. But I've seen this. But at the same time, I didn't just make this prayer and just sit there in my bedroom and without right. doing anything. Right. You know, I still went around. I still did things. I still came around and I made myself available. But, yeah, bro, play it in your head. See it. Know that you're going to be fine. And watch what happens. Yep, that's good, Jay. Yeah. Yep. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Vanessa. I'm originally from Boston, but now I live in North Carolina. Um, so my question can go to everyone. Um, how do you determine whether the path you're on is meant for you, and even though you're not getting there, you just need to keep being consistent, or if it's not meant for you and maybe you need to start looking into other options? Yep, that's a good question. Uh, Sean? Won't you, won't you bless us with that answer? <laughs> wow, that's, that's a deep question. You know, um, I can just speak from my own experience. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I really didn't have examples. You know, I was the first person to go to college, graduate from college. You know, there's so many parallels with all of us. And, um, you know, I was like, I should, because of Bill Cosby, before he messed it up, but, you know, he was... <laughs> Cliff Huxtable, you know what I'm saying? He's a doctor. So I was like, well, I'll be a doctor then. And so I went to college to, you know, I went pre-med. And the problem was I hated science, <laughs> which is crazy because it's my passion now, yeah. right? right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm deeply in love with you. Know. <laughs> and so from that first semester, like, it just didn't sit right with me. But, and by the way, I'll just put a little side note. I changed my major to marketing because of another TV person, Eddie Murphy and Boomerang. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the strong J, you know, that whole yeah, campaign, I was like, yeah. that looks dumb to do that, you know? Yeah. Again, not having examples, but uh, I think that life will, life will literally qualify you for, for what, your, what your purpose is, you know? And so for me, I actually had this really tragic issue happen with my own health. And so that circled me back around to something that I was not expected, you know? And so I think it's really important to pay attention um, but it's more important to take action, you know? So I was just moving in the, in the direction. Each day I'm still getting up and, and, and working and, and meeting people and doing work. And life qualified me for the work that I'm doing now, you know, if that makes sense. So in finding out your, your purpose, your passion, that whole thing, I think there's just important questions to ask yourself. Uh, number one, there's an, an, an implicit value that, you all, that we all have just by being a human being, like we're all valuable. But then there's the explicit value, which is like, what are you good at? And, and not just like what you think you're good at, right. what other people think you're good right. at, right? right? Mm -hmm. And paying attention to that because there's a talent show tonight, right? Mm -hmm. We might have somebody saying who, you know, <laughs> William Hung, right, from the, the American Idol. It's just like, you no, know you killing it, you know, but it might not necessarily be your thing. I'm not, I, I, I hope I ain't messed it up for whoever that was, because we're going to have a good time. I'll get up on stage with you. Right? We <laughs> but got the, the Sandman in the building. And so with your, with your explicit value, you know, paying attention to the things that you're good at and finding a way to use that in service, 
right? And so to finalize the point, whatever it is, it might not be exactly what you thought it would be. So for me, I thought, oh, I'm going to be a doctor. No, I'm actually a healer, mm-hmm. right? I'm actually somebody who's, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the teacher's teacher. So I'm teaching other people to be healers. It's much bigger than what my vision was. And life qualified me for that. Yep. So I hope that makes sense. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. <clears throat> Chance from Texas. Either yeah. for E.T. or Josh. How do you know as a professional or business owner when it's time to pull back when so much is riding on you or the, you've held the reins for so long in your business, in your practice, or even ministry, when it's time to like truly pull back? He just did it two weeks ago. So. <laughs> um, I'll say when it's your baby, you never want to pull back. You know, I still don't want to pull back from my son. He's 22. My wife has to tell me to pull back. This is my child, bro. You don't want to see your child make a crazy decision. I'm saying you don't want to see them do something that could hurt. And I'll just give you an example. He in college, he grown, right? So he's, he's a part of a community on campus, so he drinks. So for me, it's like, yo, I never did it because there were so many alcoholics in my family and people eventually died from it. So it's not no casual whatever. You know what I'm saying? I heard him and my mom was talking. My mom was like, yo, Hennessy got so much alcohol. My mom was like, yo, I do wine. Like, I can't do that. But my mom also was directly impacted by it. You understand what I'm saying? Whereas my son, he don't know, he, he never been, he never seen nothing negative from alcohol other than what he's seen him, his boys do. So for me, I had to just be cautious because I'm like, yo, I seen the end of the movie. You understand what I'm saying? I seen the end of the movie. Our family ain't like most families. They don't do it casually. You, you feel me? It's messed up their life. So I have to be cautious because I saw the end of the movie. And I'm like, yo, that was your movie though. That's not his movie. And he didn't see the end of the movie. So don't mess up the movie for him. That's your movie. You let him watch his movie. So you got to get to a point where you understand this is mine. I love it. I want to protect it. But at some point, you are hovering over it. And now you the helicopter parent and they 30 and you still you tearing them up because you being a parent when they need to be able to be. You, you know, they need to do what they need to do. So it's the same thing in the company. You get to a point where it's like, Yo, I told you when you first came that you the leader and I'm going to let you lead. At what point do I really do that? And you do it at the point where you know, like, yo, they, they made some great decisions. They've taken the company from this point to this point, done a phenomenal job. At this point, you could really let go because they're skilled enough. And the only reason you holding on, I don't know, because you just used to, you, like I used to dog parents out, but I get it now. Nobody tells you when to stop. You don't get a certificate to say, yo, once they hit 13, you don't got to do that no more. You, you had them from here to here. So you don't, they don't, they like eight. You don't go, I'm, I'm stopping. But at some point, you got to just be mature enough to know like, yo, this not helping no more. And the only reason I'm doing it is because I can. And so in my company, like you said, I just pulled back because it's like, yo, I don't need to do the podcast. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that no more. I just need to show up. And, and give my gifts. So you'll know because they, they're walking now, they're using the bathroom on their own, they're eating by themselves. You, you feel what I'm saying? They're going to school, doing their homework without you. And a part of it is just be honest, you miss being needed. Like when my kids could do stuff on their own, 
I miss being able to, you, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? Especially with my daughter, because she her mama. She independent. So she in college. I'm like, let me see your schedule. She like, I already did it. I'm like, ah, you ain't do it, do it. I already did it. I'm like, right, let me make sure. So you will know because they truly won't need you, and you will just be doing it because you know you have the power to do it or proximity, you're in the space. But you, you, de- you do need to let go because once you let go, you'll be shocked of where they could take it versus where you could take it if you stay involved in it. And let me just add this really, really quick. It's a huge coincidence for me, right? And we haven't talked about this at all. It's a huge coincidence for me that the best day of my life started in 2018 when he decided his hands are going to come off in 2018. Get that? We haven't talked about this. Like, I think I mentioned it to CJ. I was like, yo, I don't even feel like I talked to E in a minute. Like, we haven't been talking. Like, I feel the absence of E. But I feel like I got to do some more stuff. Let's, let's keep this thing going. You see what I'm saying? So I don't think it's a coincidence. And I felt the absence, and I felt like, man, is our relationship okay? Like, is everything all right? We still live down the street from each other. Ain't nothing, like, it ain't, it ain't going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I had to come to that thing with myself. Like, yo, E not here like he used to be. But this this gonna keep going, and as a matter of fact, I want E to be gone. Like I want him after all. Like see, like I don't think y'all understand. CJ just t- like told you how he worked. I don't think y'all understand. I can't explain to you how this man works. He needs to be gone. Like he needs not to have to worry about none of this no more. Like he needs to be able to get a call and just feel like wow, like the baby is walking, and I ain't had to do nothing. I ain't had to hold it. I ain't had to change the diaper. It's going. So it's not a coincidence. And is I it a coincidence that he's no longer available ever since he got an insider? Or when that coincide happened, the insider was a part of the retirement. <laughs> okay, gotcha. But, but I mean, but you hear that? Like, really, it was hard to let go. But I realized after the assessment, you're hurting right now. You're not helping them. They know how to walk. You're not helping. You hurting them. So get out the way. And it don't. It, like he said, it don't feel good when you've been doing something a certain way, but I knew like, yo, E, you ain't gonna, if you don't let go now, you ain't gonna never let go. And E? This is the time to do it. Yeah, and if you go look, just go, just go Google tonight, um, name brand companies you know, right? Mega, mega companies, hardly any founders or first CEOs are still there. Yeah. Mm. Mm. They've almost all removed themselves, maybe chairman Mm. of the board, largest shareholder, but they're not the ones running the day-to-day operations because Mm. they're not the ones that were designed to run the day-to-day operations. So usually things grow when, that when they get out the way. When they get out the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, good question. Yes, ma'am. Hello, everyone. My Hello. name is Stephanie Potter, and I'm here all the way from the Gold Coast in Australia. Um Eric, you touched on this with me personally the other day by the pool, though I really do want the world to hear this as well. Um, a lot of your drive obviously comes from your family, friends, God, and the people that you inspire. Though, what is it about yourself that drives you to want to consistently maintain a positive mindset and, and succeed as bad as you want to breathe? Mm, great question. Yeah. I, I think one of the big, and um, Shauna, uh, you know, you alluded to it, but I think when you talk about exposure, you know, Sean said, I'm a healer, right? So when he does his thing, it's going to be other people that be, ah, oh, I could do that. So for us, and I'm sure Sean's a lot younger than me, but Bill Cosby was like, yo, for real, like, that wasn't no TV show, bro. That was like, yo, can you really, like, I'm from Detroit, I ain't mad at nobody, but can you really, can your mama really be like that? Can you really get disciplined like that? That was some sweet, 
Like the 80s women. babies, by the way, we had Uncle Phil. So yeah. y'all can rock with Bill Cosby. That was our dude. It was, but even with that show, it the, they had to split moms. You know, like their family was rich, but it was something about the Cosbys that was believable. Like when you looked at the Cosbys, the way they dealt with their family, like yo, the, the way he was talking to his son, the kids singing and dancing and playing together. Like he was just a crazy, it was just crazy. And I was just like, yo, E, if they can inspire you to go to college, it's a different world. Different world was crazy. It was crazy. It was people your age leading shows. Like the Wayne Wayne was like the main character. It was African-Americans in a way that you didn't see with uh, good times, you know, in the Jeffersons. And, you know, Mr. Drummond had to save the boy. So I was like, yo, E, it's people looking up to you. Like, you got to be that. You got to show average Joes that they can make it too, right? And if you're in the school system, I don't, I don't, I don't know if y'all peep this out, but the only kids that graduate from college now are athletes. Yeah. That's it. If you don't play football, basketball, you ain't finishing school. Only jocks finish school because they have to. But the average dude on the block ain't staying in school and graduating. So I got to be that model. I got to be the Cosby's for this generation. Mm. Like, I got to be that dude when kids turn on YouTube and like, yo, he was a high school dropout. He was this. He was that. And he doing it. And he got a family. I can do it. You feel what I'm saying? So for me, that's my inspiration is that when you see a certain person, you don't look at them and go, I want to be like this dude in a shirt and tie. Who been through what you been through? It's a lot of dudes my age wearing shirt and tie. They from the hood. They grew up in the projects. But these kids just ain't feeling that. So I'm like, yo, I got to be an example. So when I wake up, it's not, are you successful, E? But these kids are looking at me and saying, yo, you can't sustain that, bro. You, you can't sustain that. There's no way you telling me you're going to be able to, like, the biggest thing, y'all, the kids say to me is like, yo, you still, you really just married to her? You don't got no side chick? Like, come on, E, you be, come on, E, for real? You faithful? Like, that's crazy. Like, that's what we had. Kids, like, ain't no way. Because this celebrity and that celebrity, they don't got just one girl. It don't happen like that. They don't stay married as entertainers. They might marry, and six months later, they divorce. Or, so, for me, what drives me is like, yo, E, we do not have a lot of role models in this generation. It's not about being perfect, but it is about taking the responsibility to be an example for others, and that's just my drive. I want to be an example for others. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Cassandra Jolliffe, and this question is to you, Eric. My question is, as a purpose brand strategist, I'm always intrigued about people and their purpose. So at what point were you clear about your purpose, and do you believe it's progressive? Yeah, I'm never clear about my purpose, you know, and I'm, that's what's the great thing about having a team because what the team gets an opportunity to do while I'm playing the game is pull me to the side and say, yo, E, consider this. You know what I'm saying? Think this through. Think that through. And it also gives me a chance to concentrate on just, for real, that's, what this, that's why, you know, she was like, E, man, it just seemed like you're going to another level this year. Yeah, because I'm going to do nothing else but speak. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do nothing. My, my, my energy is not focused on anything else but getting here and doing my thing. So I just think you need a squad 
a team that can help you to see and then spending time with that group, whoever your people are, and really, really, really listening to them and paying attention to what their needs are and then just turning around and giving them what they're telling you with cues that they need. Yeah, you know what, yeah, I, one of the things that I think you've done really well lately too is stepped up your leadership in terms of developing that next generation. Mm -hmm. Y'all see Jeremy over there. Give it up for Jeremy all week just going crazy with it. It's TJ, I don't know if TJ, TJ in the back. TJ blessed us with a word that was just out of control. Like Y'all can give it up for TJ. Um, and from a speaker standpoint, you know, I'm looking at our crew, and I told Jeremy right before we started the podcast, I'm just like, wow, our team is incredible. You know, and so I'm looking at now, not only are you out doing your thing, but you have disciples with you now who are just going to a whole nother level. And it's like, man, you could see any one of them having their own crews, right? Yeah. Like I'm looking at Jeremy and TJ like, yo, y'all could run your own crews and have 200, 300 people, you know, come out because they have that gift now. And I think you've done an incredible job um, at this stage in your career of making sure you pour into them as well. You know, maybe a lot of that had to do with the Stay Ready Tour, Jeremy. Um, and you obviously working so closely with TJ at church, but I can see the energy and the passion in those guys and not fake ETs. Like y'all saw them speak. They got their own style, their own swagger, but they do embody the heart of what you kind of stand for. So I would say lately in terms of your purpose, and I don't want to speak for you, I know you've made a conscious effort to make sure you're getting the next guys up ready. So Yeah, but that's what I said. You can do that when you're not, you know, when your kids get older and you don't have to change their pamper, you don't got to fix their food. You know what I'm saying? Right. When they get older and they're more responsible, then you can start spending more time with your spouse. Just things that you want to do, but you couldn't do before. And like he said, Jorge, um, TJ, who was a, a Quest, they all out in St. Martin. They're supposed to be here enjoying themselves. They're at schools, mm -hmm. you know, so... Definitely, and earlier C was like, E, in 10 years, 20 years, I don't know if you're going to be here. The real pressure ain't on me. It's on Jorge them. It ain't on me. Uh -huh. It's on them that step their game up so that people going to want to come to the cruise so that they can hear them. And I could be like an OOG, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and just sit back and get in where I want to get in. So the real pressure is on the speakers that are coming after me. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, thank you. That Organifi might have you around for a while, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hi, I'm Shelly from Vegas, hey, and Shelley. this could be for ET because I know he goes in the schools, but anybody else as well. I'm a second grade teacher, and I tend to be a leader at all the schools I've been to. Um, so I always follow the expectations of the ad administration to the highest level, I feel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it seems like lately I've been getting into trouble doing that. So I just want to know, my question is basically, like, how do you overcome, like, character attacks mm. from mm. either parents or the administration itself when you're in that situation of trying to follow the expectations at that high level, but yet... How you get what you say trouble? What kind of trouble are you getting into? Well, um, just not sticking to their script, right? Like you kind well, of ad libbing and wanting to do your own thing, and they don't well, appreciate I, that. Or I follow like 
Eric's mantra, and I do oh. things like that. Like oh, yeah, I want my kids to be trouble. Oh. 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 You're getting in trouble all day. Don't you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of loud uh, naturally, so I do have that going for well, me. And yeah, he's a rule breaker. You can break that down. I mean, you, you've yeah. never been one to just follow the rules as they are, and I think one time that got you fired. And yeah, you yeah. Know. Here's my deal. I, I don't mind getting fired for looking out for the people that I'm supposed to be looking out for. And sometimes when you're in a school district, just the way it's set up, if they keep going with that script, they'll never be successful. You know, 7,000 kids dropping out of school every, every day. You know what I'm saying? So they're not going to ever be successful following that. So it's okay if you break it. But here's the deal. There is a school district that wants you to break it. You got to go where you celebrate it, not where you tolerate it. You got to find that district that's playing ET stuff every day and use it, making a curriculum out of it. There's people send us stuff like, have you season six? We got a curriculum. Do you have one? I'm like, no, we'll send you our curriculum. <laughs> so there are school districts out there that are using it, and you just need to go where there's like-minded people. Yep, that's all. And I can assist you to some extent. We've got a guy uh, in Texas who's doing it, John, uh, Jonathan Kegler, who's doing it, and there's some other people. So let's get you with those people and see if we can make it happen. You see what I'm saying? So, so with what they're doing to me um, in regards to, like, paperwork in my file... Like, how yeah, would no I question. overcome that? Like, like you got to go to a different I school district. To, it's not going to change. Yeah. That they don't like what you're doing. What change you're doing is good. Yeah, that's all. You okay. just got to get with a different Thank school you. district. Yeah. Yep. And if you're in a school, it's a million of those. <laughs> yeah. And make sure you connect with us on our school days program. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Yep. We appreciate you playing ET. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Hey, how are you? I'm Haley from Texas. So my question is more for the couples. Um, I would like to know how I can go about not feeling like I am possibly holding back or being some type of burden or dead weight for uh, my boyfriend simply because my goals and my journey to my goals and my dream aren't as big and as long as, you know, what he's ultimately trying to do, you know, and just continue to be his number one cheerleader, number one supporter. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I, I guess you have to be careful because you said you're not holding him back. So what's what's making you think that you're holding him back? Like what's making you think that? Um, I think it's just because he wants to be. I just compare. I guess our ultimate. And that's the thing. Don't compare. Don't compare. You do you. Let him do him. And at the end of the evening, we'll share what we did today, together. But don't compare. Go ahead and do what you're, what God has called you to do. Allow him to do what God's called him to do. And stop comparing. Like, don't make yourself small so he can be big or, you know, vice yeah, versa. Yeah. Go ahead and do do what God's told you to do. Stop the comparing, though, because you're not going to get anywhere when you compare. It's just like a rocking chair. You're just going to go back, forward, back, <laughs> forward, back, forward. So stop it. Stop yeah. it. That's what you need to do. Just stop it. And just do what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's Jacqueline from Oakland. Um, my question is for Didi and Candace. Um, I'm always the woman behind the man. So I just wanted to know what was your process and how did you get through um, with, with your husbands as they started climbing to notoriety? Hmm. The, what do you mean when you say process? Process of how you support yeah, them? Um, sometimes, like at first, I, I'm guarded because we are like, I came up to you, oh my goodness, hi Candace. Like, you don't know me from a can of paint. And I'm like, hey, hi Candace, hi Dita. You know, I've fallen in love with you just by what your husbands have, have said about you. So 
how do you deal with stuff like that? Because your husbands are getting more and more noticeable. Okay, yeah. Do, Me and see, Carl hot right now in these streets. No doubt. Right, no doubt. It took a long time to hot up. Now. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? See, I, the question is really, I love you, babe, and you are getting hot. But E is really, you know, it's really for Didi. Like, we get, we, CJ gets a lot of attention and a lot of... At whatever point. Oh, he was in the mall a couple weeks ago. Somebody was like, <laughs> Yes, no, but never it's, mind. Not a, it's not a. <laughs> I thought, never mind. Right. I was like, No, no, it's me, me. Come here. <laughs> you know right. what you No. Okay. Yeah, no, so what, the thing about it is, we love the, the community. Like, you guys love them. You're, you're, most people are very respectable when you come yes. up, you approach, very nice. So it's, it's really. And no bringer. And I'm a flamingo. Didi's a gorilla, so it's a different perspective. <laughs> I'm flamingo, so I'm all down for the love, hugs, sharing, let's talk, let's kick it. I'm a, I'm gonna talk whatever, whatever you want to do. So it's a little bit easier for me. And CJ is not at the level of E where everybody, everything yeah. is getting interrupted all Thanks the time. For it's just me. a few, <laughs> it's just a few interruptions. So it's it not that bad. Sorry, e Sorry. It's, it's different. Like I be with E, and I'm like, wow. Like we can't even like walk anywhere without people. We're in Australia people random people are like you changed my life it's like wherever we go so it's just different so Didi you gonna have to explain <laughs> you deal with it every day yeah yeah um and I've gotten used to it and I'm wow can I just tell you guys this it is never annoying until somebody says can you take this picture for us and I'm a germaphobe so when I'm touching the phone I'm like ah like I don't mind anything else it's just I text it to you phone. give me a number and like we can be in the middle of a meal and it's like can you take a picture I'm like oh no, no, no. So, but other than that, I'm not bothered by it. Um, I just step back. I mean, I, I guess because I'm so secure in who I am. So, you know, you can have two or three females. Sometimes they don't even speak to you. It's just like you're like gum on the bottom of their shoe. And it's just like, hey, I'm here. Hello. You're, that's okay that you're putting your breast on this chest. Okay. Well, thank you. Hey, <laughs> Like, you may be in this, this ain't that kind of now, podcast. Like, yeah. It's a family <laughs> podcast, Dilsey. <laughs> right, 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 right. For modern. And for modern. You know what I'm saying? You don't let it get the mic. So, you, and, and a lot of people, and it's, it's, it's good that you asked that question because a lot of people want to be here, but it's like, can your marriage really sustain this? Mm. Like, can your marriage really handle this? Are you going to be that jealous type or are you going to be that flirtatious type where, you know, your marriage is not going to survive this? So, that's why you have to be really careful about what you pray for because a lot of people pray for a baby but they never consider the nine months that they have to carry that baby or the delivery mm. so just be very mm. careful what you pray for um, that your marriage can handle That's it right. and like you said you said you're behind your husband I applaud you for that I promise you I'm in front of mine right. like two steps <laughs> you need to get from behind and get in front and not right. to be disrespectful but you need to be the protector like you gotta be the eyes and ears because sometimes they can get so caught up until they don't see it, and hopefully your husband trusts you enough to know, uh-uh, red flag, warning, pull back, let's go the other way, or something like that. So, yeah, get from behind, go ahead and go on up front. Get sideways sometimes when you're ready for a little break break, but no, go ahead and get in front, okay? Yeah, and I would just say... Don't clap for that. 
the breasts on the chest. The last thing I was going to say is you also have to, like we talked about the, the animals. Like yeah. E is flamingo. Yeah. He needs a gorilla out front protecting him. Yeah. My husband's a gorilla. He's stiff arming chicks. He's doing all type of stuff. I don't need, I'm flamingo. I'm like, oh, she got me with school. You know, like whatever. So, so it's just different. So you got to know your no husband. Confusion. You got to know. It's me right you got, here. <laughs> right. You just got to know what you're doing because it's, it's just different for each person in each relationship. Take the assessment and get organified. That's half that's the it. That's, that's it. That's, that's, that's it. That's all key to have. That's the battle. That's all we've been saying. That's it. That's it. <laughs> keep your breasts off each chest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I get to the next question. Y'all are ridiculous. They're egging me on, by the way. I can hear them like having side conversations, so I'm trying not to get in that zone where I go too funny, but it's coming. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Drew from California. Uh, just uh, first a suggestion I'm hearing that maybe Candace and if she can convince Didi to, to start an entrepreneur spousal support group. Mm-hmm. That's the next ah. thing for ETA, ah. I think. Candace will have yeah. to do that. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. By the way, that's my wife's idea. I didn't come up with okay, that. Okay, yeah, no yeah. doubt. Uh, my question is really for the couples, um, and, and I guess more specifically, ET. You know, you talked about a time where you had a comfortable job, you had that six-figure job, and you had that calling to uh, a, a your, your calling that really, were you unsure where it would take you? And uh, you talked about how it really put you and Didi through a rough time. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, you know, now that you've gone through it, you, you've gotten to a place where you're successful. And, you know, I'm seeing my, I have that same calling. I got the comf- comfortable job, but I'm getting called to uh, do that grind because I see a, a larger vision. Um, would you do it differently now that, you know, sounds like Didi, uh, the support she or, or the lack thereof. <laughs> well, the, the support that was there um, maybe wasn't exactly what you needed. Would Would you do it differently, or h- how do you look back on it now that that you've gone through? Well, you it? Got, you, hear what Didi said though. This is important. She asked, "Can your relationship sustain it?" You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, we've been homies since you know '85, '86. So one thing I know about Didi, Didi gonna tell me the truth. You feel what I'm saying? So it's not gonna be one of those things where I'm gonna quit my job and go out on this pursuit without her support. So she supported me. It may not have been a cheerleading thing, but it was a, all right, we got money in the bank, go do it. If it don't work, you're gonna have to go back and get a job though. You feel? And I had been doing motivational speaking before I, I did the job. So the job was stable or whatever, but Didi always says, he, he, he and husbands or whoever, listen to me, Didi was like, yo, he said he wanted to go out and do that, but he was getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning, too. You feel me? Like, he wasn't playing video games. He wasn't going to the movies. You heard what she said. It wasn't like he was out playing with his cards with his boys and hanging out with females. Like, she was like, yo, I knew he was serious because his everything about it was serious. I was working with C and Carl, who's doing videos. So don't act like it was like this leap. It was just a step. We had already been doing it, but it was like, yo, now we need to take it to another level. That's like dating, getting engaged, and getting married. You, you don't get married on the first date. You feel me? So Didi kind of was like, yo, all right, go for it. And she had been rocking with me since, like, bro, I was homeless and she was rocking with me. You feel me? So I, I already knew the marriage could sustain it. She'd been down with me since day one. So this just was a go out, see if you can make it happen. I'm going to hold it down. I'm paying the rent regardless. See if you can make it happen. And what Didi will tell you today is, she's the stable one. I'm the risk taker. You know what I'm saying? If it was up to her, 
we'd just be stable. If it was up to me, we'd be all over the place. So we really do create a balance where she keep her personality, I keep mine, and at the end of the day, she said, we bring our chips together, and we had this wonderful life, because nobody trying to control nobody, and nobody trying to stop nobody. We just want to make sure that you know what you're doing affects us. If you're going to do it, make sure you do it right, and make sure, Gorilla, you get some results. <laughs> right. More Thank important. You. And are you a part right. of BU? Right. Are you a part of BU? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you guys get oh, on the yeah. marriage calls on Sunday nights? Uh... We will. We do now. <laughs> Quest, come on, Quest. I'm, I'm yeah, saying. come on, Quest. Come you on, get it. Two couples already, and they already joined BU last Hey. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the squad. BU, make some noise. Yeah. Just in terms of the spousal support, like, they dropping major nuggets, major... Nuggets things yeah. on those calls. So I would definitely yeah. say join Thank that you. just for the extra support. Yep. Got it. Nico. What's up? This is Nico. Um, this is Nico. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I'm here with my wife, Kaylin. Um, this is kind of pertaining to uh, Jamal <laughs> and E. Um, when you're growing up in Cleveland, like a place like that, somewhere where y'all come from, people have vision and it's based usually on their perspective, meaning that a lot of people only see their front yard. I feel like y'all up here, Y'all seen Paris. You seen Legacy Wealth. I feel like I want to push people towards that point where um, they can see past their front yard. When do you pull away and you say, you know what, you can only see your front yard? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't did enough. So you said, oh, to the person. Yeah. When you put, oh, okay. Because I'm pushing, but I'm trying to get other people to push themselves yeah. to see I past their front yard. I never pulled away. I just continue to do me, and I continue to let them see what I'm doing and what I'm becoming. Mm. So I stopped a long time ago trying to convince people. What I started doing is just I started living the type of life that I wanted other people to live. And, if they, and, you, and you see the ones that want to join along. You see the ones. You know, people, they call you Carl. <laughs> I'm talking about he can't, hey, he, it's not a day I ain't texting him. We talking every day now. Every single day. And that goes back to that exposure we talked about. Exposure's on every different level. While I'm exposing other people to a certain kind of life, I'm getting exposed oh. at the same time to a different kind of life. So exposure is all around us. I never asked CJ to expose me to this. He just did it on his own. I'm not asking my boys to be exposed to what I'm doing. They do it on their own. You're going to see the ones that want to. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, it's a process. It weed out the wheat. The ones that want to get to that level, they trust me, they're going to follow you. They're going to follow you. But you keep being you. Keep doing you. Keep being a beacon for everybody else. Let your light shine. Yeah, that's good. That's hey, Ma, and I would say uh, delete your cash app. You got cash app. Uh -oh. Go, uh -oh. delete that. Get rid of the cash app. The the go fund me. Go fund me. No, that's not that's not being an example. Right. When you gonna see the ones they gonna ask. Some people gonna ask you for money. Other people gonna ask you for advice. That's right. Help. Advice is free. I give advice all day long. I do it no matter what. People. Man, ever since Carl and CJ, ever since they had me on that podcast, yeah. I promise you, I got a hundred emails. It got to the point where Carl started asking me, AJ, I know you've been uh, doing them emails, man. I got another person. This person is from Beijing, uh, China. I, man, they got such a huge following. It's crazy. But advice. Uh, 150 countries, who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, give, I give advice all day long, man. But when somebody asks you for money and all of that stuff, because they're going to be right back asking you again for money. And you can't really help them, man. You can't not really fix help money them. problems with money. Exactly. Um, all right, that was Ask ET. Y'all give it up for the segment. Uh, 
I'll, I'll go with the uh, last question. This is for Ian Didi. Um, all of us have younger kids. Sean's kids close. Um, what are you hoping to leave behind for your kids, like legacy-wise, and and I guess just in general? Like, are you, what do you what are you hoping that they glean from all these experiences that you have, and mm. you know, your life has changed so much. Like, our lives have changed so much. Like. Not people always think like when I met E, he was homeless. It's like it didn't work like that. I was like when I met E, he had just built a nice house, like a beautiful house. Like he was doing well, but now like I always I always ask Josh like okay, so let me try to explain it like this. I always ask Josh with the solar company where you know doing this, and we've had probably a ton more success very quickly, more so than when we started. So the goalpost kind of changes, right? The, the, the end zone kind of keeps getting further and further back. So I might have said, Josh, like, where we're at right now, what's best case scenario? And it kind of keeps growing. And I look at, you know, the way, E, your success has grown. And so at, there, there might have been a certain time where you thought, okay, if I can leave Jalen and Jada with this, we're going to be good. How has that changed, like, you know, from all the travel and the financial blessings and the notoriety and, you know, who you are as a person? Like, what are the few things that you hope your kids take and run with you know long when you're gone when you have grandkids in the world what's the what's the few things that you hope man i hope my kids get this particular thing man i hope they learn this from me and take it you know and, and continue the tradition yep go for it d um i i just hope my kids realize that with god um all things are possible mm. and that they could just stay humble like you can go up, yep, and it's a good feeling being at the top, but mm. no, everybody that you pass going up, if you don't treat them right, something can happen to you, you'll be back down, and you have no help or no support. So I think that's the two things that I hope my kids can look at our lives and say, wow, mom and dad was humble. Like, I take my kids to the Goodwill. Like, we go from the Goodwill, and we go to Neiman Marcus, Lord & Taylor. We do it all. So I don't want you just to be up here, and you can't be down here. Like, you can't go a day or two without food or getting your food a choice. No, I want you to experience everything. So that's what I want them to know. Keep God first, most, and best in their lives and stay humble. Yep. Yeah, so outside of the, you know, outside of the Christian thing, I want them to be able to hunt. I want, I want them to have a drive and know what they were called to do on this earth and not feel, and wake up every day and go after that. Like, I don't want to give my kids stuff. I want to teach my kids that same grind I got, that same hustle, that same drive, you know, and go out there and create their own. And, and be able to say, yo, I might have, you know, had some blessings, but I created my own. You know, your mama might have, your papa might have, but God bless the child that's got his own. I want my kids to be self-sufficient one day. You know what I'm saying? Yep, no, appreciate that. All right, well, uh, E, you can give us a nugget today. We got to go eat a little something and then get ready for the white party tonight, talent show. We're excited about that. E, can you got a nugget of the day in you? If you don't mind, man, I want to I wanna take my nugget of the day and hand it to Jamal. Uh, He's oh. been on a couple podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What did I tell you? Rookie of the I year. Like, I was like, did he just say my name? Yeah. <laughs> I want to take Rookie my, of the year. I pass it along to Maul and let Maul give us yeah, and, and can we give a that. round of applause for Camille and Heather as well? Can yeah. yeah. they raise their hand? Right here, and that's Heather over there. Heather. And Tamisha, yeah. is she in the building? I didn't see her. She's she not in here. Um, well, we love <laughs> This is twice now. Hey, I, that Carl wife has not been in Ooh. the equation. 
I don't know how, but some kind of way, Tamisha got to have a whole podcast to herself. I think Carl likes slippers from food poison every time he thinks... We're about uh, to get on. Something's here. going on. Um, but no, man, thank you to all the wives as well. Thanks um, for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gorilla our way onto the stage. Um, yeah, so no. Well, Jamal, um, no pressure at all. You're no, only no pressure, taking over the, be- the best segment we got of the number one motivational speaker in the world. So um, feel free. Uh, in all seriousness, though, man, seriously, thank you to um, Jamal just for, you know, coming. I mean, it's been a seamless transition. Yes. Love having yeah. you around, man, yeah. and, you know, our, you know, the wives and everybody's just embracing. This is a tight circle. Like, we love hanging out with people and we do a lot of things, but, like, we really keep, you know, things in-house, man. And um, for you to come into our lives, man, and be a blessing and just add tremendous value, of course, now everybody kind of knows you know, what you did and what you do, but I don't care about any of that. Before, I, when I thought you were just a police officer, you had oh. my number, and I'm like, yo, just good people, hanging with good people, and always pure intentions and all of those things. So, um, yeah, why don't you get us out of here on the nugget of the day? Y'all go to iTunes, leave us a review. Studio audience, give a hand uh, to yourselves. You guys were great. And uh, Jamal, get us out of here, man. Hey, we on a phenomenal life cruise, right? Yeah. This is a phenomenal life cruise. So what that means is that we all in this room are phenomenal. That's right. Mm. We're not just phenomenal because we make money or because we're the number one motivational speaker or because we sold a $100 million company. We phenomenal because we can do all things through Christ yeah. who strengthens us. Yeah. You got to remember that. So no matter what you're going through, remember that you can do all things. Yeah. Not some things, not half things, but all things through Christ who strengthens all of us. Give it up. All right. Thank y'all for coming out. We'll see you next week. Listen to the focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul, with all your